Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about how to improve strikes going forward. If you're listening to this uh, on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. You can also support me directly by going to sntrpresents.com. That'll take you right to the Patreon. If you prefer to do everything through YouTube, you can. There's a join button. The The support tiers are identical. And always clicking subscribe and the bell button on YouTube helps me out. So... There's a lot that's going to be said, I think, about strikes, especially once Beyond Light is here, because there are strikes returning from Destiny 1. And I happen to feel that strikes have kind of fallen by the wayside. They don't feel like something that's really worthy of your time. We mainly use them to level up, and now that they made them pinnacle, it's another thing that we make sure that we do every week, because that pinnacle drop could help round you out for the final push but they don't feel like a core activity anymore there's no real loot attached and the npcs haven't been updated for a really really long time so the first thing i want to talk about in the video is loot then i want to talk about what they could do with the playlist seasonally to keep things fresh and i want to end by talking about out in the world we need to be out in the world more and less of this stuff going on in the tower we've been doing a little bit too much standing around the tower to get our god rolls so first let's just talk about loot I think you need seasonal loot in strikes. This idea that strikes have virtually nothing in them worth pursuing. And I I know people want strike-specific loot. I think strike-specific loot is fine if you do it through the Nightfall thing that they have set up. That loot, I think, needs to be updated um, because at the the current time, it it just does not even remotely feel like there's any reason to really go in. And if you're going to go for strike-specific loot, a lot of that loot's really outdated. Some of the guns are static rolls. So strike-specific loot can be updated, and they can continue to do it through the nightfall. I think there could be seasonal loot for strikes with respect to when you're going into them, there's particular items that can only drop when you're in the playlist. I said said yesterday, with just one gun per season, they could get a lot of capital from that one gun. Whether you go, um, the Crucible could have one gun every season that only drops when you're playing the Crucible. And then Strikes could have literally one gun per season that has a chance to drop from the bosses. And then after that season is over, you just throw it into the general loot pool or make it something that you can uh, continue to farm for with a boon. Because we've always talked about like it would be better to go to the NPC, buy a boon for a weapon, and then just go grind a playlist. And that item has an increased chance of dropping from the bosses. You could also tie the boons and the chance of drop to your rank with the NPC. So if you're ranking Zavala up you would get different perks. Maybe boons get cheaper. Maybe they're more effective. Maybe they get a bump after you have been uh, after you have been in the strike playlist for two strikes. And maybe at the beginning of the season, you don't get that drop rate bump until you're in there for four strikes. So as the season progresses, you're leveling up the NPC and getting a more efficient drop rate of that item. Uh, again, I think it should be dropping from the bosses, not the chest. I think that's part of the excitement. That's part of the, 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 the feeling of loot pursuit, that it has a chance to drop from the boss, and then you're obviously always checking the roll. The main point I want to make here is that strikes and the NPC for you know the Vanguard, as well as Crucible, they need something seasonally to sort of give them this sense of, hey, there is something to do this season that isn't purely the new seasonal content or a raid or a dungeon. 
And they did say they want to do a reinvigorate core activities. This is one way I think they could do it. Now, another thing I think they could do is, let's talk about the second section here, seasonal playlist. This is another way I think that they could say, hey, we're going to reinvigorate this core activity. It hasn't really had a fresh coat of paint in a while. I would pick five, maybe six strikes and have them reworked and updated. And then those are the strikes in the playlist for the whole season. You, you literally take a bunch of the strikes and they're not, they are not in the strike playlist for that season. You would only have those five or six that have been reworked. And then during that entire season, they could be reworking five or six other strikes for the next season. So you would always have like this fresh batch kind of coming out and saying, hey, we made some changes to the boss fights, mechanics, we've added some things. You could even add seasonal modifiers to freshen things up. You know, when they had the snowballs in the actual strikes themselves that could be picked up, I was always like, man, they should do something like that. Like, hey, this season... There's going to be some modifiers that put SIVA charges in random places or swords or scorch cannons or, you know, just bring back some of the fun, positive modifiers, maybe even tied in with the seasonal mods. Hey, if you reuse these seasonal mods, there's these new things you can do and they're stronger in strikes. This could be like a good lead into how I've wanted to see them do that in Grandmaster Nightfall. Well, you could whet people's appetite for it by putting it in the strike playlist first. The reason I think this would be such a good way to treat the playlist is because, number one, you could shrink it down so that by the end of the season you're kind of sick or bored or kind of tired of those five or six strikes and then they go away and then a brand new batch comes out right now you generally go in it's just it's this massive amount of potential strikes sometimes you get in a rut and you keep getting the same ones some of the strikes are terrible and really unfun some of them are super fast and that's generally where it breaks down right you you go and you want to get the fastest strikes possible because the main reason you're doing it is for power exchange you're not really in there looking for loot or looking for anything particular you're just like, yeah, I'm in here for the power bump, so I hope I get the fastest strikes available. So it turns it into a pure transaction of time instead of a main course, you know, playlist activity that lots of people are engaging in. And I think that's one of the fundamental flaws with how they've treated strikes up to this point. It's purely a power pursuit, and that power pursuit becomes irrelevant very quickly. I know they've tacked that pinnacle on there, but again, after you run three, you're basically done, and you have no reason to go back in there. And a seasonal playlist that refreshes itself every you know every season would tie in really well with the other thing they're doing with the DCV. You're bringing back Destiny 1 strikes. You're retiring strikes that are associated with the four planets leaving. We actually are going to be losing, you know, a handful of strikes. You know, Nessus has what three? So those will all these will those will all be gone. So you're losing those three. Uh, I don't actually know how many is on each planet. I actually haven't even um, considered. No, I'm sorry. Nessus isn't leaving. I'm sorry. Nessus is staying. I'm sorry. There's two on Mercury. There's, I believe there's two on Mars, so that now we're up to four. I think Titan might have three, doesn't it? No, I think Titan just has the one. Yeah, Savathun. So you're losing, you're, you know, you're losing a good number of, uh, of strikes here by removing these planets. You got two on IO as well. So it looks like we're going to be losing seven strikes. Um, and, th- oh, there's three on IO. Oh, that's right, because they brought back the other one. 
So, you know, by and large, if you're going to be retiring those and bringing back some new ones, it's the perfect time to say, hey, you know what? Let's let's give a fresh coat of paint to some of these some of these strikes that have been in the game since vanilla. Lastly, let's talk about out in the world. We really need to get out of the tower and out in the world, and this would be one way to do it by having a sort of stay in the playlist motivation, a stay in the playlist incentive. Don't leave the strike playlist. Don't leave the crucible playlist. Stay in there. You're going to get a drop rate buff. You're going to get extra XP. You're going to get extra something so that it's not purely time transaction people are like well i i don't want to do this strike i don't like it like i always back out of the fanatic strike for a while we always everybody always left the exodus crash strike but i always back out of the fanatic strike i hate it especially when it's arc burn but if i just can't stand that fight it's super tilting it's not fun i i want to i want to send a loud and clear message that there are people in the community that never play this strike because it's just so unenjoyable and they could come up with ways to really motivate and incentivize people to not do that keep us out in the world chasing loot with the DVZ, with the DCV this is the perfect opportunity to say we're going to remove, refresh, and reintroduce strikes, I mean obviously we're all hoping that when these D1 strikes come back, they're not just copy paste of the originals, that they're going to be updated, there's going to be new things going on the boss fights might be a little bit more involved especially considering how incredibly strong we are now, you don't want the bosses to literally feel like a public event boss now I know, to a certain degree we tend to kind of melt strike bosses anyway, and I'm okay with that but we would like to see some of these D1 strikes come back and feel celebrated and feel, you know, really really good Whenever you look at the game right now, I think one of the lingering problems is that once you hit max level, or you know, let's say you're not interested in Pinnacle and you hit max level at 1050, a lot of the core elements of the game fall to the wayside and don't matter to you. The Flashpoint, the Strikes, Crucible, even Gambit, none of these things tend to matter. Of all the things I think they should really, really think about investing in, I really do think the Strike playlist is one of the main central funnels that they're not really giving a reason for people to jump in and fill and it wouldn't be that difficult funnel everything through Zavala one weapon a season a, a, you know, a seasonal rank with him that resets a seasonal playlist that resets with new strikes that it, well I'm sorry repeat strikes or reintroduce strikes that have been kind of refreshed and given some new mechanics and new modifiers and then if you're going through all these motions of chasing loot suddenly the strike playlist is a more enjoyable activity and you're not going in there purely for power as always if you guys want to watch these live you can go to say no to rage.com or support me uh, directly sntrpresents.com on the patreon uh, if you're listening or watching in all the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my Improving Strikes talk. Uh, if you want to watch these shows live Monday through Friday during the day, you can go to saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. You can hit the subscribe and the bell button for free or the join button if you want to pick one of the member tiers to support me directly. If you'd rather use Patreon, you can go to sntrpresents.com. The benefits and perks are the same and it'll get you into the Discord for Q&A sessions or VIP call-ins. So, uh, first question coming in from Techno Tyrant. The value of strikes seems to be how fast they can be run. How can strikes be more than just a race to the boss and melting it? This is a good question in line with what I was kind of driving at in my talk when I said, 
you generally get angry or avoid certain strikes because they take longer because the primary reason you're in strikes is to get the power exchange so it's purely time sink and you're like I know these strikes are faster Uh, since we talked about doing weapon boons and weapon drop rates that would get better the longer you're in uh, the, the, the playlist you could also have the drop rate influenced by points that are raised the more ads you kill Uh, you know so you would go into certain strikes and you would actually want to kill a lot of uh a lot of you know ads instead of running past everything we tend to really just oh do we have a white arrow you look on your radar for that white arrow and you just run past everything run through the door and this would be another great way i think to reinvigorate strikes you could tie it to as i said in the video do a seasonal strike playlist where it's five or six strikes they've been sort of reissued revamped changed and let's say there's uh, scorch cannons everywhere instead of snowballs, right? Well, they could say you get like an increased number of points for scorch cannon multi kills or something like that. And so you could basically give people that motivation to, to say go into the strikes, engage with the new mechanics, get more points, get better drop rates. So now a strike doesn't feel like a ritual sort of going through the motions, got to check this box to get power. Uh, you know, hopefully I get some fast ones. Oh, this strike takes forever. Go back to orbit. No. Staying in the playlist gets your percentage up. Killing all the enemies gets your percentage up. Killing lots of enemies with the modifiers or the, the, the modified items, that gets your percentage up. Strikes take on a whole new feeling and there's loot tied to it. This, I think, is the way forward. Anytime you're looking at content, that should be the question. Is there a way to get people to engage with this content in a way that is incentivized and motivated by, you know, loot and particular things, percentage of drop rate, better roles, higher stat tiers, whatever, if you do XYZ? So you're motivating people to engage with the content in the way that it's designed, in the spirit of the way that it's designed, not just sort of going through and saying, you know what? I'm just going to blitz this. I don't really care. You know, I, I'm just going to do this as fast as I possibly can. So more and more, I want them, and I'm going to continue to take that, that. That's sort of the mantra is, what are you doing to incentivize a certain type of play? And I think we saw the shortcomings of that in this season. Folks were just AFKing forges. Then they were just running nightmare hunts as fast as possible. Why? Well, that's where the umbrals dropped the most because the, because the circle was the smallest you got to move away from that you got to move towards incentives and drop rates and reward paths that are tied to stay in the playlist kill all the enemies play the content as it's designed and you'll get better stuff um it may come to that similar to the platinum rewards in nightfalls but the difficulty would always be how will the casuals interact with the content well that would be a good stepping stone to nightfalls though nefits you wouldn't have a timer that takes your points away so if you're a casual and you're going slower or you're taking your time it doesn't matter as long as you're killing all of the ads you're getting those points as long as you're grabbing the scorch cannon or the siva charges or whatever and you're using them on ads you're boosting your points and subsequently helping your drop rate and you know helping your your chance of the item to drop this is how you change player behavior through incentivization um you know that that's i think that's how uh, that's how you would do it Hitman. I think strike-specific gear, similar to D1, along with adding cores and prisms at the very least, with the new scoring system that the higher you go, the more match you uh, you get. Don't you think that this could engage people more in the overall compared to the mundane, non-rewarding strikes we have now? Well, 
I think you're right in line with what we just talked about, a scoring system that motivates you to actually engage with the content and the combat and the enemies. But as far as strike-specific loot, I think the biggest challenge here is that if you want the strike-specific loot from Warden of Nothing and you can't get Warden of Nothing in the playlist, you're going to get really irritated. I don't think you want strike-specific loot and people can just go pick the strike and run it all day hoping to get a drop. I, I don't think that that is the proper design for a loot drop. It makes more sense to me to have strike-specific loot that is, here's the strike-specific loot pool, one or two guns, maybe the armor, maybe the Vanguard armor set, right? And then you go into the strike playlist and that stuff's dropping in there. So it doesn't matter what strike you're in. You could be an inverted spire or warden of nothing. That gun has a chance to drop. This is why I think weapon boons is such a good idea it's not a bounty it's not mechanical you're not getting your item you're not getting your item in the tower you're going into the strike killing the boss seeing something drop and getting excited and you know if it doesn't drop staying in longer and continue to stay in the playlist your chances are going to get better and better and better and then if you tie it to seasonal rank with the npc as well your chances and the boon's effectiveness gets better and better and better rewarding you for your investment uh, the I think I just think I just think these are things that could be done to help with feeling like a strike playlist is just literally a time in get some power done time in get some power done, um, which is why people just basically try to run them as fast as they can and then you get aggravated when somebody's not helping or not doing the right thing and you, and you know and it takes it takes longer than seven or eight minutes and you're annoyed because you're not in there for loot you're in there it, th- this is why. When I have to run Gambit or I have to run Crucible, it's hard to enjoy myself. I'm not in there with a desire to play those game modes. I'm in there checking a box. It's like, well, I have homework to do for the Solstice armor, or if I want to up, you know, level up efficiently, I want to maximize all my drops. So I go into content I have no interest in, and I think strikes start to feel that way as well. Necrogen. I'll make this sound like a mini twab. Strikes had their base XP increased. Bounties are now embedded in the strike. Uh, they're specific to the strike. They're generic. They're team-oriented. And they add a percentage bonus for XP upon completion. Your thoughts? Well, this is a good quality of life and structural change, but it's not enough. This is a great starting point. Yeah, do this. Do that to the bounties. Make them shared and generic between the team. Obviously, you can't AFK and get the bounties done. You got to be within proximity of the team. You know, make the XP percentage better. Make it go up the longer you're in the playlist so you have a reason to not back out. If you're trying to level your artifact to your season pass, it could be a really good grind to put a couple hours into the strike playlist. But you're this is this is basically square one and then you immediately got to go to the next square and say now hang on a minute we got to add loot as well this isn't good enough because all you're going to do all you're going to do with this setup is you're going to turn into the same thing you're turning into now I want to run it as fast as possible why XP it's now the it's now the lost sector what's the quickest way run it as fast skip the ads skip this strike it takes too long you know if there's no loot, if there's no percentage increase for staying in, well, let's say there is an XP percentage you know, bonus for staying in. You're still just going to turn the strike playlist into a time exchange. Just go as fast as you possibly can. And if there's no loot tied to it and there's nothing tied to killing enemies, then I, I don't think you're going far enough. Uh, Raris. 
So the only problem I have with playing strikes is the lack of incentive to stay most people to stay. Most people back out when they don't like the strike. Do you think adding a system like every three strikes, if you stay, you get a powerful, or every three or more, uh, you get mats? I didn't think about doing this with the milestone, but we've talked about this before. Saying, like, the milestone should be rhythmic. You should be able to... um, every three strikes get your powerful it just just keep resetting you know we've kind of talked about why that's so important because if you really don't want to go into crucible and you'd much rather just kind of continue to grind out strikes that would allow you uh to do that and i think that that would be a good change and the reason i think that'd be a good change is generally people hover around certain sides of the game anyway and this would keep them in that lane and it wouldn't disrupt it you're basically saying you love strikes you love crucible fine play all day every three strikes you get a drop now what you're saying would potentially help with the whole backing out issue you'd be like well you need to do a three strike streak and you're going to break your streak if you back out right same thing with crucible you're going to break your your three crucible game streak if you back out it keeps people in keeps people from rage quitting um, now, obviously, in PvP, it might be a little bit worse because people might just throw to do it as fast as humanly possible. So, you know, you'd have to think maybe a little bit differently about it in Crucible, but I think in Strikes, it could, it could potentially work. If you tie this idea that you're outlining with some of the things you've already said about motivate me to actually shoot the ads, motivate me to actually engage with the content, then I think you got a pretty good recipe on your hands for a reason to stay in. I'm getting a powerful bump. The other thing I've said about leveling is if you do the every three, I also think the legendaries and the blues that are dropping in in the game in general should just be at your level to help with backfilling. Oh, you're, you know, you're 1,040? Well, that's fine. Everything drops at 1,040. So your 1,036 boots or your 1,034 mark, you're going to be able to patch that up and backfill because everything's dropping at your level. That's just how games should be. Things dropping below your level just don't make any sense you know powerfuls are already in the strike milestone though right and I'm saying that you should be able to keep doing that you should be able to keep doing that every three strikes you get that powerful why not you know what about disconnects I don't want to legislate to that like obviously if somebody has a disconnect if they get an error code I think Bungie should have some forgiveness there you get like one error code forgiveness if your internet's garbage and you keep DCing that's not really their fault that's you know that's either your fault or the ISP's fault you know one error code of forgiveness you know oh you get weaseled or Marion buried or whatever you know something's going on with your internet or something's going on with Bungie you hop back in you still have your strike but you wouldn't want to make it to where people could just constantly like alt F4 out of the strike. And and to a certain extent, we don't need to worry about that. If somebody's willing to pull their Ethernet cable or you know, alt F4 or force dashboard quit the game so it pulls an error code and they keep their strike, you know, strike streak. I I think that would be such a minority of people. I think most folks would say, I'm just gonna stay in you know, I get the benefit, I get the perks, the strike's not that bad. Now, keep in mind, I also said there should be a seasonal playlist. They take five or six strikes and that's it. Those are the only strikes in the playlist. You take the rest of them out. And those five or six strikes have been redone, revamped, made better, make the fanatic fight not so stupid, you know, add some cool mechanics, add some fun things. And then while those other strikes have been taken out, 
you're working on them and getting them ready for next season. So you're always rotating five to six strikes back in that have been re, you know revamped, fresh coat of paint, new modifiers, new perks, new whatever, and then the five or six from last season get rotated out. You know what I mean? Restarting the game takes so long anyway. Right, like all that fouring and pulling the you know pulling the the, the the Ethernet cable out and stuff like that. I just again I think people doing that would be so few and far between. I think a lot of folks would just be like, I'm just gonna stay in the playlist. Barrett. Strikes in D1 had variations to them like D2, but should Bungie improve off this concept with difficulties being a variant of the strikes to make harder difficulties more interesting? Also, add strike specific loot. Well, we already addressed the strike-specific loot and how they could do it, but with, with respect to difficulty, I don't really think strikes are intended to be that. If you want a spectrum of difficulty in strikes, you have it right here. Adept and Hero are sort of your introductory, you know, dip your toe into harder strikes. I think Nightfall the Ordeal does that. I don't think that you need to go, well, we need normal and heroic strikes back. Now, maybe you could take my seasonal playlist idea and there could be a seasonal heroic strike playlist and it would be the five or six strikes. Get rid of the nightfall thing over here that nobody's really doing anymore unless they're doing bounties and they want to be by themselves. So slice this off, slide nightfall nightfall the ordeal over and then put right here the seasonal heroic playlist. Five or six strikes and whenever you're in that playlist, there is strike specific loot that can drop not specific to a boss or a strike just when you're in that playlist maybe that would be the way to implement it so if you want to play just the generic playlist with all the strikes go for it but if you want to trim it down to the five or six that they've kind of replenished and made cool and made unique and different and a little bit more challenging with a scoring system where you kill to get points to get the drops to be better maybe that would be the way to do it Get rid of story missions, the daily heroic story missions, get rid of that, get rid of the three nightfalls, and go towards that, and then your strike-specific loot in the nightfalls, you could just put, you know, put those somewhere else. Most of those guns, a lot of those are are static rolls anyway, you know, like the Duty Bound or the DFA, I mean, those aren't, those aren't even really worth chasing anymore. Not that that means that, you know, they should just be gone, but there's not, I don't think there's a really big reason to make sure they stick around. Eternal Darkness. Most strikes in D1 had some sort of mechanic to exhaust and you would damage the boss and had specific loot to chase. D2 strikes feel like a chore. Do you think there's a place for them to be similar to the D1 counterparts so they don't feel so boring? I actually don't know if the strikes themselves are boring. I just think it's too easy to skip everything. So you skip everything and just kind of melt the boss. I don't think there were actually a lot of mechanics in D1. I think there's more mechanics in D2. Whether you're in the Pyramidian or, you know, whether you're in some of these other structures, you have to, like, grab the ball or stand on the plates. I actually think there's more mechanics in D2 strikes than in D1. D1 strikes, I mean, Volus to Arc, there was no mechanic. He walked back and forth. Sapex Prime, there was no mechanic. Um, there wasn't even a mechanic in Shield Brothers. They just, you did so much damage and they automatically left and went to Phase 2. Um, there wasn't really a lot of mechanics in D1 um, at all. So, I, I think they could utilize the mechanics, though, and utilize the killing of enemies as, like, an incentive to get points. Um, you know, like in the Pyramidian, what if you got a bunch of extra points by not baking him, you know? Satisfy both plates in the Pyramidian for bonus points and a bonus on the drop rate. Um, or make it to where he's not immune and stomping around the room and so people can try to bake him and melt him and maybe you get a bonus amount of points if you do it and don't do both plates or something 
Um, something along those lines. D1 was more about staying alive and doing damage. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the bosses were, some of them were just a huge threat. It was really easy to die, especially if you were in a nightfall. Um, strikes weren't so bad, but the nightfalls, I mean, I, Omnigol and, and Volus to Ark were tough because it was not a lot, not a lot of places to hide. You can get pretty melted if you, if you weren't paying attention. Nagi, what do you think will happen uh, to Nightfall-specific weapons? Maybe they introduce a seasonal Nightfall weapon to grind for and choose which Nightfall to grind it on. Either implement some of the ideas we've already outlined or at the very least take the duty bound, the DFA, give them random rolls. Same thing with the you know the, the Braytech rocket launcher. What is it, the Osprey? Um, you know, I, I think that there's room for them to make some updates there as opposed to just kind of leaving them as they are. You know, because they're just a bunch of static rolls. Um, and then you could maybe just add a bunch more as well. I personally think with regard to like how Bungie doesn't want to put it, I don't think they want to put a ton of weapons in nightfalls or strikes. That's why I was really banging on the drum of one or two weapons a season. And you could use weapon boons and a seasonal rank with the, with the vendor to affect the drop rate. So I don't need a specific strike or boss. I'm just in the playlist getting chances at the drops and the chances get better the longer I'm in there and the chances get better the more my seasonal rank goes up like that to me seems more reasonable than going into every strike creating a new strike you know strike specific drop going back to all those other weapons and reissuing them with random rolls um that seems like a lot of a lot of bandwidth and work that I don't think they're going to allocate to strikes um didn't they say they're going to be a pursuit weapon? You're not dreaming, but they also said there's one pursuit weapon per season and you can grind for it in both Crucible and PvE. So it's not it's not specific to a particular playlist or even a particular activity. Um, it's just something that you're going to it's going to be like do this or this. You know, do 10 strikes or 10 Crucible matches, kind of like that. It's basically going to be a quest, not a not an RNG drop. From from the way they've described it, Darksider. Most issues for strikes are coming from a lack of unique or good loot, lack of XP, and limited progress in leveling, which uh, plague other core endgame activities. Would an approach to fixing these fixing these issues activity by activity, or a global approach to fixing them in general, be better? Well, and that's why I think my idea is more global. If you go down into each individual strike and come out and try to come out with like strike specific loot or strike specific armor, like, you know, there was the hood of Malak and the grasp of Malak and the Imago loop and all this, you know, you try and do that for every single, every single strike in D2, even with the six and six or seven strikes that are leaving because of, uh, because of the planets getting vaulted. I still think that just gets more challenging than just a global solution of, there is a weapon or two that can drop from this playlist and your chances get better the longer you're in there your chances get better the the more you upgrade your NPC through the season you know they also said ornaments for each of the three activities for the for the pursuit weapon oh really so you'll be able to make the pursuit weapon look like vanguard probably or crucible or gambit I guess um so this is why I don't like going down into the, the the individual strikes or get very, very specific. I try to zoom out and say, you guys can get a lot of capital with little effort. An obelisk system where you level you know, Zavala and get perks and benefits, that can be updated every season. 
you've already you've already got the system in place you did it for the bunkers you did it for the the recaster and you did it for the obelisks something that you're leveling up and you're getting perks along the way do that with zavala do that with the strike playlist and then you do one or two weapons a season these weapons have a chance to drop in that playlist they're pretty dope done you build a machine and then you just kind of update the machine every season all right this season those two weapons are still available from last season if you want to buy like them as a boon and these two new weapons are getting introduced your seasonal rank has been reset boom i don't know i i feel i feel they've they've kind of struck gold with the obelisk idea of you level it up and you get benefits for that season and then you reset it you know you reset it to to change the whatever the theme is that season whatever the benefits are whatever the perks are and then now it doesn't feel so mundane or pointless which is what strikes tend to feel like right now oh nalu do you think that with new seasonal content they could make some of the story elements convert into strikes after that might give more launch content and recycle content nicer well certainly with, with losing six or seven strikes i'll be interested to see how many strikes they add or if as you're saying they they, they take it from the story content i always firmly believe that they should just literally build campaigns from strikes you land you drive run around do some stuff kill some enemies satisfy some stuff and kill a boss that's essentially all of the parts and pieces of a strike. So a campaign could literally be ten you know, a brand new game campaign. Like when D2 launched, right? You could have had literally the entire campaign could have been strikes. Now, I also think they could have interwove, uh, had an interwoven feeling with the adventures if you would have made us do the adventures, which they didn't do, which is a shame because some of them are pretty good and some of them have pretty good lore. You could have made us do the adventures. And then been like, you only have to play the campaign once, because I don't think people would have wanted to do that three times. By and large, I think you get more, you always want to say, what what kind of replay capital are we getting out of this content? What are you building over there, guys? Oh, we're building a story mission. Okay, is there any replay capital? No. All right. No, we need to reanalyze our decision making then. You guys are spending all that time building that mission that gets played one time. Turn it into a strike. Turn it into something that's repeatable, you know? I think a great example of really, really good capital that they've, they're getting is the Interference Quest. I think this is a great example of, hey, every week you come back, you do these things, you go run Interference again, it's a pretty fun environment, it's new, you're replaying it, sure, and then you get some story at the end, you get some movement in the story. I think that I think that the interference structure is is a pretty good idea. Hey, what are you guys building over there? Oh, we're building this interference mission. Oh, okay. What's the replay value? Oh, there isn't any. You're gonna play through it one time, and then Ares is gonna talk to you at the end. Whoa! Why don't we change that? Why don't we make that something that you do weekly? You know what I mean? We have the repeatable weekly story missions, but they currently don't give you anything. Yeah, I mean it, it, these these are just taking up space right now. There's not even a milestone attached to these. It's just five story missions to pick from. And their modifiers... uh, Do their modifiers match the strike modifiers? Is that how it works? Yeah. So solar heavyweight's on right now. That's not bad. That's not bad. We've got... If you want to do some strike... Not with me, but if you want to run some strikes, the modifier's pretty good right now. Uh, So... Only problem with interference is it's basically the same every week. 
it's a little different week to week, isn't it? I feel like I go into different areas when I'm in there. It's not always identical. And then again, you get the, um, again, you get the, uh, the commentary and the dialogue at the end. We need a separate campaign making strikes, uh, out of story missions is lazy. Yeah, but I never understand anybody that, that, why, why is that a problem? And why is that lazy, Light Leap? I have a team of people building missions, right? I have a team of people building missions and I want these missions to not be a one and done. They're going to take up space in the game. They're the, the, the teams that are building them are building something, you know, because story and immersion matter. I disagree. I don't think we see the same. The, 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 we don't see eye to eye on this. I don't think story and immersion matters in Destiny to the degree that you should be cutting short loopable content for story missions you play one time. I, I just don't think so. Or let's say it another way okay let's say it another way because you're saying strikes or side missions come up with a way for story missions to be replayable with loot and purpose look at what they did with the barons what a wasted opportunity the baron fights were awesome and the baron fights can drop specific loot and yet there's almost no replay value for the for the forsaken campaign those story missions were dope when we went back in that room and had to fight that sniper guy and there were the fake sniper guys and you were like running around there's like all these different I've, I've, I've not been back there since I've, I've not been back there since so even if uh, even if I say okay fine don't put the story missions in the strike playlist give me a way to replay the story missions with some purpose why why can I not replay those Baron fights those Baron missions they were great they were so fun I don't think anything should ever be put in destiny that's one and done I think that's a mistake it's a mistake why would you not attach replay value and loot to it you spent time building it get something out of it we don't have to dump everything into the strike playlist that might seem trivial I'll agree with that but man, if you're going to take the time to build a planet or a quest or anything. Now, I, I, I understand within reason you can't make everything replayable. An exotic or a pursuit weapon quest isn't replayable, but that's not actual content. That's usually a checklist. You know, Outbreak Perfected, Whisper of the Worm, these moments in the game are special, but they're also few and far between. So the replay value you know, has a shorter shelf, shelf life than like the replay value of a dungeon or something. But those are also few and far between. They're not mainstays when they deliver content. So. Fet44. Specifically speaking to the weapon boons you mentioned, would you want the weapons on a weekly rotation or have all the weapons available to activate a boon at all times? Well, this is why I think you would only want to do one or two weapons a season. It's not like the main... It's not the main hub of content. There's the seasonal content, there's the raid, there's the dungeon, and then there's the strike playlist, and then there's the crucible playlist. So you wouldn't want the, 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 the Vanguard NPC and the Vanguard strike playlist to become bloated with loot so everybody just lives in the strike playlist. It needs to be reasonable. I think, you know, one or two weapons a season is fair. Um, you know... I, I think that's fair. I think if you get to the point where it's like four or five weapons, the other reason I like doing one or two weapons is I think that's fair to say, yeah, update that every season. Update that every season. So I stopped caring about strikes. 
I got my god roll gun or whatever. I move on to the seasonal content, get my god rolls there, get some of my high stat aspirational stuff from dungeons, grandmasters, or whatever. Season comes to an end. Boom. Next season. Okay, there's a new weapon for the Vanguard. There's a new weapon for the Crucible. There's the Pursuit weapon. There's the seasonal content with its weapon pool and its loot pool. That's a great structure. It's like... It's like one weapon for Crucible, one weapon for Vanguard, and then the Pursuit weapon, and then the Seasonal Content weapon pool. I don't know. What's the link to sub to Repeat Theater? It's repeattheaterlive.com, or you can use the command in chat, Repeat Theater, uh, exclamation point, Repeat Theater. Um, we passed 400 subs today. Uh, we'll probably have an official schedule next week for that new show. Um so that folks can start to prepare. I think we're looking to launch it on the 31st, so it'll essentially be the first week in September. Mike, on to Mike. Yo, Lono, what's good? Would more positive modifiers help improve the feeling of strikes, or would loot alone help? I feel like it's kind of a both-and situation. I think something that helps strikes stay fresh are modifiers, like when they introduced Daybreak, that was really dope. When they introduced Small Arms and Specialist, that was really dope. Um... That helped keep things fresh. That helped, you know, keep things new. Um, oh, thank you, uh, Newfi Express. You know, and that's why I had the idea of a seasonal of a seasonal playlist that's smaller, but you've updated the strikes, you've changed them, you've added some modifiers, you spruced it up. But then we've also said you got to give me a reason to kill all the enemies so that I'm actually engaging with the content as it's designed. You got to have loot in there attached to all these things. It's got to be a full court press, fully orbed update, or strikes are just kind of like sitting there meaningless. Yeah, run them for a powerful, done. Run them for a pinnacle, done. You run your three and then you're done. I just don't feel that Flashpoint and strikes uh, and you know, and Crucible Milestone, I don't think they should just be so transactional, like do it and then you're done. Like attach some loot, update them, give them that fresh coat of paint. You know? They've kind of done this with Crucible, right? momentum control and what's the one scorch where you get the scorch cannons they've kind of done some fun stuff in crucible man give you know give them some credit crucible's been kind of all over the place and trials is pretty bad but you know do some fun stuff with strikes you're expecting too much i completely disagree going into year four asking them to dress up and update strikes to make them more interesting and fun i don't think i'm expecting too much at all it's four years into the into, into destiny 2 that's fair to say, man. Can you guys update the strike playlist? Could you update Zavala? Could you update, you know, Shaxx and 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 the give me a seasonal rank and a reason to kind of grind and rank up? Like, I don't think I'm expecting too much at all. Uh, Dracus Pander, how would you change how the game handles AFKers? More specifically, the Jokers who move just enough to avoid being removed. They've really, really minimized the how AFKing. I don't think AFKing happens that often at all now. They've put in a lot of protections against this. Um, you know, so my answer to you is pretty simple. Continue to shut them down. That you shouldn't have people going into content and not playing. You shouldn't have people going into content and and doing what you're saying, like barely moving just to stay in. Like that's it's something that needs addressed. Hundred percent. Mr. Salt Shaker, uh, I love the strikes in this game. I love them since the beta D1. The only thing I'd love to see added is a system like the one in Overwatch, where you can get certain rewards through a tier, through a tier system if you were just getting completions. Three runs is a reward, six runs is a bigger reward. 
Yeah, I mean, this. I think this goes hand in hand, you know, as another iteration and idea of answering the question, how do we keep people on the playlist? How do we keep people from backing out? How do we motivate people to do that? Well, this is another way that you would do it. At strike number three, you get this five, six, boom, boom, boom. And the way I phrase it is your weapon boon, you go get this boon from Zavala. And that boon means when you're running strikes, that gun has a chance to drop from the boss and your chance gets better after strike three then after strike five then after strike seven like your chances and then there's a cap obviously you know your, your your chances get better and better now those chances would be would start proccing quicker later in the season hey you hit season rank 50 with zavala so now your drop rate chances trigger on strike two five and seven instead of strikes three six and nine right you back it up so you get the benefits a little bit earlier giving you a sense of reward for investing in the in in the in the npc and giving you a sense of accomplishment and you know and and you can really grind for the weapon once you're getting that increased drop rate that's a great crescendo to the season right the season's ending there's about to be a new there's about to be a new weapon for the strike playlist and i you know i've ranked up zaval and i'm getting better drop rates well are you going to retire the weapon after the season's over? No, the boon would still be available, but your season rank would reset. So you'd want to really cash in on the better drop rate at the end of the season. You know, bring in that idea, that urgency that we kind of felt with Fractaline, you know, kind of felt with, hey, everything's dropping like crazy right now. It's something that you've invested in. And you know it's going to reset, so you're kind of like, okay, well... You know, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna really try and do as much as I can here at the end of the season before my season rank resets. That makes you know strikes are relevant every season. Their relevancy kind of goes up the, the the more you invest and the, and the more you've played. You know, I think that's a great system, and I think it pairs well with an idea like this. Yeah, your rewards get better the longer you're in the playlist. What if I get an error code? I mean, you know, like I said, one one error code of forgiveness. Hey, you got error coded. You know, we're going we're gonna to keep your strike intact, you know? Or, this would be a really good way of doing it. You know how they did, uh, they did this in uh, Crucible now, where when you lose a game, it doesn't reset your streak. You just go back one step on the streak. They could do that in the strike playlist. Oh, you backed out of a strike? Well, we're going to chop you down. Your strike streak's going to go down by one. And you would know, like, I'm going to take it on the chin. I hate this strike. I will willingly lose one you know it's a five if it's a five streak cap you're like i'll lose one one notch on my streak and 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 then you know earn it again on the next strike i don't want to run this strike here you know the goal i think would be to make some of the really unappealing strikes not so frustrating because they did that with exodus crash and now it's a lot more tolerable and i think the fanatic is the other one that people really don't like running that and the one on the dreaming city People just I, I I always back out of the fanatic. I just I, I don't want to do it. You know? It just is not enjoyable. What about adding a strike builder to the game like Forge and Halo? I don't think this game's dev tools and dev kits are agile enough to do that, but that would be pretty fun, you know? Maybe also have the rewards for doing certain events tie into the multiplier for the Solstice stuff at the end of the year. You could do that. You could do, as we said, like you actually are supposed to kill things in the strike to get the best rewards. You could have it be, 
you know, hey, if you do, you know, hey, there's Scorch Cannons everywhere in Strikes this week, and if you use the Scorch Cannons, you're going to get a big point multiplier, and, you know, your drop rate chance is going to be better. So now you're playing the Savathun Strike, and you're grabbing Scorch Cannons, and it feels different and fresh, and it kind of has, like, a whole new flow, and you're doing it because there's a loot incentive. You're not just doing it for the sake of doing it, you know? It's not grind for grind's sake, it's do this for better reward chances, Letting the ads count towards bounties in the Fnatic boss fight would make it worthwhile to me. Yeah, I know. You'd get it and be like, well, I guess I can farm some uh, bounties at the end. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna farm some bounties at the end. <laughs> the elevator ads don't even count in the Crimson Keep. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, is somebody really going to farm that elevator room? Like, does this really, does this really need micromanage? Is this really a problem? You know? Hunter with the next question. Why is Bungie so hesitant to copy what worked in D1? The way strikes were in D1 was good. I spent hours farming for the loop and I missed Tanik's cloak. The moon came back, but the cloak didn't. I mean, I like the skeleton key system, but here's what I think happened. We all really complained about the skeleton key system. You know, I did 53 some odd strikes. Um, I'm sorry, I did... Uh, 450 some odd strikes and 53 skeleton keys before I got an Imago loop with explosive rounds. It ended up being a god roll, but all I wanted was explosive rounds, and it took me that long to get it. It was like 450 some odd strikes, 53 skeleton keys to get the one that I wanted. And the whole time, I was complaining. I was like, I don't like this. This is so irritating. There's too many layers of RNG. You'd grind strikes to get the keys. Your buddy would get two or three keys in a row, and you'd get one, maybe. You know, you get your seventh or eighth strike, and you got one key, and your buddy has three or four. You'd want to punch him, right? And then you take your key, you go run the Imago loop grind, and you get this skirt. And you're like, I didn't even get the gun! You know, or you get the gun and it's a trash roll. It's just, it was RNG on top of RNG on top of RNG and it exhausts the player. It's like, well, by the time I hack through all these, uh, all these RNG weeds, I'm, you know, I'm, it's too, it's too much. It's too much. So if they brought back skeleton keys, the only way I would be okay with it is if it was like a really, really good drop rate on the skeleton keys and if I literally went and the item was guaranteed when I used the skeleton key. The reason I like the weapon boon idea more is it promotes intentionality, agency, and generosity. Like, I'm trying to get this particular gun while simultaneously promoting you just to stay in the playlist. I think it's a better system. Skeleton keys like, go, go, go leave the playlist and go cash in your five skeleton keys by selecting the strike from the map I I don't feel like that's a holistic solution that feels like a half measure that feels like a well let's just do what we did in D1 I think there are superior systems one of them again I, I really do think a boon system would be better because then the strike playlist as a whole is your activity to get that item to drop that kill that gets rid of the monotony of running the same strike over and over and over again to get a drop. It's like, no, I'm just in the playlist. The modifiers are changing week to week. If they did the seasonal playlist like I talked about, you know, by the end of a three-month period, you'd be like, I'm sick of these five or six strikes. You'd be anxious for those five or six to come back and be new and fresh and updated. 
and that helps that helps with monotony and burnout instead of run a bunch of strikes now go run this strike six times cash in my keys same strike same strike same strike no just stay in the playlist it helps keep things a little bit varied it helps thing it helps keep things not so monotonous and you're still given the ability to specifically chase an item you know some people don't understand simple logic. They want engrams to not auto-unpack and go to Cryptarch. I said, that would add more engrams to my already full engram inventory. They said, no, it won't. <laughs> not only that, it would just be more time spent in the tower, Teddy. Man, don't you want to get a drop in a game and check it? I don't know about you, but getting a drop and then having to go to the tower and go through a ritual to get my item, I am just not a fan of that at all. I... We, we did this the other day. We went through and we're like, oh, here's my god roll guillotine. Um, here's my here's my uh, my god roll perfect paradox. And we kind of walked through a bunch of my god rolls that I, I was using. And I was like, almost all these I got in the tower. My god roll Icolos SMG. Trying to get a god roll sniper. Like, my you know, my it's like, man, oh, man. This is, this is a, this is a, I'm just doing everything in the tower. I don't have this memory of, oh, Fatebringer finally dropped, or, ooh, I finally... We remember when I finally got my Amago loot. We remember that as a moment, you know? Because we were I was out in the world. I was farming for it. Instead of standing in the tower and, and, and pushing a button on a, on, a, on a soda machine, spitting out guns, you know? It's too easy to get god rolls now. They're almost worthless. Here's one of the things I, I, I think is going on. If I was to theorize about what's going on, they decided to do something in year three with respect to the theme of what you're talking about. They said, let's be super generous in year three for two reasons. Number one, seasonal content comes and goes and expires. So we have to be super generous in season of dawn. You know, thank you, Raymond. I appreciate that. So we, you got to be generous for that reason. I think another reason they're being super generous is because in year four, they're going to do a weapons update and every weapon prior to year four will feel will feel less than. Remember when they did that with the armor? Armor 2.0 landed and all your old armor felt less than. You were like, well, get rid of all this crap. I want the new hotness. I think they're going to do something very, very similar with the guns. You're going to be like, oh, well, no wonder they were so generous in year three. That era is going away. Now, again, I'm just theorizing here, but if you look at how aggressive, look at how aggressive they're being with sunsetting. Look at how aggressive they're being with removing planets. It's like, I've said this many, many times. You don't create a huge vacancy unless you have something to fill it. If I go into a room and I go to my wife and I say, all right, let's get rid of that couch, the love seat, three bookshelves, uh, and the TV stand. She'd be like, okay why um because i want to get one bookshelf she i think the justified question would be wait 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 why are you getting rid of the couch and the love seat if you're not going to replace them why are you getting rid of all of the bookshelves and the tv stand if you're not going to replace them it stands to reason that if I create a bunch of vacancy in a room with respect to furniture, I'm making room for equal amounts of furniture, if not maybe more. So, when you're getting rid of four planets, including the Leviathan, which is the largest space in Destiny, when you're sunsetting a massive amount of content, 
you're sunsetting basically what two almost three years of 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 weapons why are you creating such a vacancy unless you have a plan to fill that vacancy you're creating a crater sized hole in the game it's got to be filled with something or it would stand a reason for somebody to say why on earth did you get rid of so much why did you get rid of the sofa and the love seat if you were only going to replace it with a chair what no why make so much space and only replace it with the meager offering so that is my sort of that's my they haven't said anything but when i look at all that all that they're doing and i kind of try to deduce what's coming i'm like they've got to have something pretty big up their sleeve they have to because it's like why would you create so much of a vacancy in the loot system as well as in the actual planetary you know director system why do that that doesn't make any sense I think it's because in year four, maybe not, it's not going to be immediately filled in beyond light, but I think over the course of year four, they're going to be slowly filling out those gaps and those, and those, uh, those, those vacancies. I still stand by the idea that the majority of what we are getting in year four was supposed to be destiny three content. So I anticipate quite a lot of loot coming in the game. I agree with that as well. I think that theory is underneath the surface of what I'm saying as well. Why would you have to create so much space in the loot pool and in the planetary system? Because they're they're ham-fisting D3 into this game. They're shoving it in, and because they're shoving it in, it's it's creating, I think, uh, um, a need. There's a need to make space. If I went online and I ordered a new couch, a new love seat, new TV stand, a bigger bookshelf, and all this stuff, I'd be like, all right, babe, we got to get rid of all this stuff. Why? Well, look at the email. Look at all that stuff I ordered. It's going to be here in four days. We got to move all this stuff out. Oh, okay, cool. So right now, all we know is Bungie's like, we're removing all this stuff. And we're like, okay. And I think it just stands to reason to be like, that must mean you're going to really spend a lot of time in year four filling all these spots, filling the game back up, filling the loot pool back up. I'm not trying to overhype you know, based on little information. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I'm just trying to be reasonable and logical looking at all the decisions that they're making. Because these are painful decisions. It couldn't have been easy to come to the conclusion you're going to remove four planets in the Leviathan. It could have been easy to be like, we're literally going to sunset shadow keeping back. Like, what? Wow. That is a lot of stuff. That, those are big, strong swings that are somewhat painful for both them and the community. I don't think you go through that pain just because. They could have left Shadowkeep alone. They could have only sunset year one and then sunset year two and then sunset year three. Like They could have slowly done it to make it less painful. Man, they are swinging at the loot pool. They are swinging at the director. There's got to be a reason for it. There has to be. Something, something behind the curtain, man. Something big, something big's being cooked up back there. You know? They're complaining the game is too big. Why would they immediately fill up the space to capacity again right away? No, 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 no. Like I said, it won't be in Beyond Light. I think over the course of year four, they will refill a lot of those things. And then when year five is about to take place, they'll make space again. They'll shove some stuff out. I'm not saying it's going to be an exact one-to-one 
refilling of the game but they'll slowly fill the game back up the loot pool back up the director will get stuff added to it activities areas locations year five gets ready to kick off this is 2021 this is witch queen and they'll shove some old stuff out of the game i think when we get to 2021 witch queen when we get to 2021 witch queen i bet you dreaming city tangled shore gets shoved out we resolve this in the summer and shove it out the moon stays uh edz and 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 uh the cosmodrome stays shove nessus out bring back some of the other plants like i'm telling you it'll be like a rotating door almost almost like a lazy susan of content like all right rotate that stuff out spin the new stuff in you know so that that's that's where that's where my thought process uh, you know on it is and uh you know that's that's why i think that's why i think looking at core pillar you know content funnels like strikes is an important thing to look at it's like what what are you guys going to do as they've said they want to reinvigorate core content okay how what how are you going to do that if you're going to remove six or seven strikes in the leviathan you know what are we what are we getting what are we getting you know to kind of fill some of that up why am i going to care about strikes in year four you got to give me you got to give people a reason to care about some of this stuff you know so we're going to transition to vip call-ins might be spicy lightly wants to call in and disagree with me so if you're listening to this on itunes google play or spotify you can come to the channel say no to rage.com Click the join button. If you want to call in and talk to me or submit questions, you got to be uh, a member. You got to be a VIP to do the call-ins. If you'd rather use Patreon, sntrpresents.com. We'll take you to the Patreon. As always, I appreciate you listening or watching my content in the other locations. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session after my Improving Strikes talk. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, maybe Google Play, you can catch me live at SayNoToRage.com or support me directly at SNTRPresents.com if you want to do the Patreon. You can also join as a member on YouTube. They're the same tiers. Uh, They all cost the same, but whichever is easiest for you. Uh, We're going to start with our call-in today with Coldheart. What do you want to talk about today? Hello? Goldheart, are you there? I'm going to just jump to Lightleap. I'm not sure what's going on with Coldheart. Lightleap, what do you got? Oh, I can hear Coldheart now. I think oh, he's... you can? Oh, all right. Hang on. I'm going to mute Lightleap and go back to Coldheart. Coldheart, are you there? No, I'm going to Lightleap. He's having some kind of a connection problem. He sounds like a robot to me. Just go ahead, Lightleap. He'll, he can try. He, he can try and loop back in. All right. Um, can you? Is he muted or something? Because I can still hear. It's interrupting in Discord. I don't know. Oh, there we go. Um. All right. So, yeah. So you started talking about uh, getting rid of the campaign missions, right? Hmm. <laughs> I think that um, Destiny, I somehow sometimes have the feeling that a lot of players, maybe we gained them. I don't know. You also like Borderlands, so you also like replaying campaigns. Um, but to me, Destiny in year three, especially with the season pass, as I already outlined, 
devolved into a little bit of a very straightforward mini game, a collection yeah. of mini games. So you just go into orbit. You have the season pass, loot. Like I mean, now the recast is basically like a slot machine mm-hmm. that you can focus, and it kind of lost its identity uh, of world building and an RPG and campaigns, in my opinion. Uh, they need to like there was this process if you go through the campaign you basically rebuild or or in, in destiny 2 you rebuild the tower right you find the fire team again and then it opens up this world of strikes uh of the end game that you replay to get loot and i feel like even t- then taking the campaign apart uh and or basically making that the content that you replay instead of strikes would further add to this idea that you know it's just very simple the game you just you just log on you, you play missions and missions that the story like it doesn't it, there's no co- coherent story in it or or sense in it and you just like get loot from the season pass and mm-hmm. i don't know i, I kind of do you see where i'm going with this the vision yeah. of the game is kind of destructed by that now i want to say that you also said that you enjoy replaying campaign like you want to have the campaign replayable mm-hmm. i wholeheartedly agree with that that would be great. The problem was, as we have seen over the past uh, past years, just Bungie creates great content all the time. The adventures were replayable, but just they they somehow I don't know if they didn't understand that yet, or if it's generally not possible. They cannot create enough loot for all of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean that was the fundamental frustration I had with Forsaken. It was like the Baron fights were great, the story was great, and we never went back to it. Um, I've often referenced the Panoptes fight. Great fight, cool area. That's unique. We, we, we don't fight bosses like that anywhere. And we can't go back. We, we never, in, I guess unless what you delete a character and replay the campaign. Um, or I guess you could go to Amanda Holiday. But th- there's no loot incentive. Um, you know, there's no, there's no reason to go do it. And I, I think I get what you're saying is it's starting to feel more like a mobile game where you check in and do your daily thing, get your daily reward, and you see your little progress bar moving across. I've been playing a goofy mobile game with my kids, just periodically like sitting there, and it's called like Home... What's it called? It's 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 one where you're doing like Bejeweled and you get points and you can like decorate your house. Home Escapes, right? We downloaded it because it had like these little puzzles that you would try to solve to get him free, but that's not what the game is about at all. Those are all like few and far between. And every time I open the game, it's like, here's your daily reward. Here's your progress on the season pass. And if you want to pay money, you can get all the better stuff on the top. It's just like, it's just like the season pass in Destiny and Fortnite. And I mean, it's, it's in a mobile game. So... I could definitely see this sense of without deep, cool springboard story, the game's starting to feel really thin, chintzy. I just I bounce from one activity to another and then go hit a slot machine with the currency. Um, and that's why I said when I look at strikes and that whole playlist, you could definitely put something in here like number one, make strikes better, but then make the daily story mission something else, like replaying. Maybe for an entire season, they just allow you over here to replay through aspects of, you know, uh, Shadowkeep or Forsaken or something. And while you're doing that, there's a loot incentive. There's something dropping in there. And then once you get it, you're kind of done. You're like, okay, I don't need to mess with that anymore this season. And then that would give them cause to say, hey, 
whenever we do an expansion or a season, we can get some capital out of really good story missions because we can throw them into that that playlist. They're getting replayed. There's loot attached to them. Because right now, I think what they said for seasonal content, and I, I kind of agreed with this decision, we're, we're wanting to focus more on content loop and not on story missions that you play one time. And I do think from a, a bandwidth perspective and from a $10, you know, for a season perspective, that's probably the right choice. But I think it has led to some of what you're getting at. Like, where is the depth, the lore, the excitement, the, oh my gosh, that's Oryx. This is so cool. This is so exciting. Um, I felt like Shadowkeep did a pretty good job, but it also felt kind of weak. And then the nightmare hunts were kind of the interwoven into the content loop. And I think they were a good start. But again, I think when you and I were having the back and forth during the Q&A, I said, they should always be asking the question, what's the replayable capital we're going to get out of this content? If we're going to spend the time to make a whole area, like the Panoptes fight, you know, this, or the, or the Baron fights, these, all these areas we never go back to, you know, that hangman fight in that jail area was so dope. He was huge. And the light was like shining through the jail cells and also I, I, I never go back there. Right. I never, ever go back there. And the, uh, you know, the, the question should have been asked and posed. We're taking the time to build this fight, the mechanics, and the area. What's the replayable capital we're going to get out of it? And if the answer is nothing, then I don't think that means you don't make the content. I think that means you come up with a way to repurpose it and get replayability and loot incentive out of it. Because if not, it just feels so strange to have a game like destiny with all these large, huge, cool areas and they're derelict. We never go back. We never do anything with them. Do you know what I mean? I totally, I think there's two separate issues basically. So why I was so strongly objecting to it, because you said basically make the campaign into strikes. So I want to focus on that part. I just specifically object to this because I think there is and I'm talking about the fall expansions here, I kind of agree with you on seasons, but the fall expansions and the major releases, they should have this idea of, of you know, something is new, you discover something, like in, in fall, probably we're going to build the stasis subclass, right? All, all that RPG stuff that you only do once, right? Basically mm-hmm. leveling and, and building the character up. And then you go through the story, and the story establishes the world for the end game, And then the strikes are they basically are like you know individual missions operations that you then launch from the like as it was in d1 or d2 and i think that stuff is important because it's important it gives the destiny this magic this depth and also this idea that everything is a coherent world now i mean in year one we already had in d2 year one we we had remember you could do the meditations the missions and you could unlock the the armor from ikora i don't know if you remember that actually so they actually had some somewhat better reward for replaying story missions. I don't mind having all of that repurposed. The question is, though, Bungie has consistently failed to provide most of the content with adequate loot. And uh, I don't necessarily think that for major expansions, if they can't make it, that doesn't... I'd rather... And in seasonal content, I agree with you, but in fall expansions, I, I don't think it's a big deal that all of the world-establishing things like the campaign and the leveling process through 
is basically a one-time thing because if they make the story well, it will also be a memorable experience. I I think I would agree with a qualifier though. I would say as long as the areas get reused, I don't need to go through and do the exact same thing again and have the story and the dialogue and the the boss and the enemies be re, you know reused. But man, reuse the areas like that. You get in that sniper fight with that one Baron. I mean, we we never go back there ever again. It's like you made that area and now it's just sitting there. Um, so if they reuse the areas, I just. If I'm Bungie, that's my number one priority for year four and beyond. If you're going to really try and get this game off the ground and you're really going to try and give us this confidence that like the DCV and retiring content and sunsetting is okay, then you've really got to squeeze so much more out of this game. If you create this big, huge area where we go in for a story mission and we fight an ogre and there's this crazy stuff going on, but... I don't ever have to go back in there and fight that ogre again, but reuse the area. We set up something and that becomes a loopable grind or an activity or a, you know, maybe a public event is there or something. I don't know if when, when I'm, it's almost like going and getting all these ingredients, you come home, you're going to make something. And instead of taking a lemon and getting the rind and scraping it and using it for something and then squeezing it in this and using it for a seasoning here you're like nah just put a little light drop of it in our in, a, in my glass of water and then you throw the lemon away it's like man that is wasteful like if, if you if you've ever had been around grandparents that grew up in the depression they use and save everything because they had to during that time and when i look at destiny with limited bandwidth, limited deliverables, I'm like, man, you should be squeezing everything you can out of every area you build. Not in a chintzy, trivial way where you just everything is replayable, and it, you know, and it as you as you were saying, like it just it's almost like well, the story mission doesn't stand out; it's not significant then. But man, at least reuse the areas for crying out loud, because from what we know about how much time it takes to go you know, into all those areas and make all those areas. Yeah, I mean, that is it the mad bomber who shoots all the stuff out of his back? You go back and fight him in that one room, it's a really cool room, and then we never go back there ever again. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree, and you know what's funny? I think, it, I thought that's what adventures would be. Because, mm. I mean, like, the campaign areas are mostly all in the, uh, the patrol zone. For example, if you look at Titan... You barely go back to to the areas behind the arcology or even the solarium. You get you go in Sabathun Songstrike, but to the right, you don't go anymore. And back in year one, the adventures brought you back to all these places, but also only once. And they also added great story. I never and, and some of them even had unique loot. I don't know if you remember that. Some adventures had blue unique items that you can, could only get from this adventure. So. Um, I think adventures would be a great way to have, if we're looking at fall, if you had Europa and the campaign is done and then you have like some re- some basically mini versions of strike in the patrol zone that bring you back into the areas of the, of the, uh, of the campaign. So I, I definitely, that I 100% agree with. Um, I, I guess it was just more the, the, probably I thought about it, as you said, in this chinzy way that this would just mean basically we're replaying the story all over again, all, all the time again. Yeah, I got I got the uh, I got the Lionheart yesterday. It's a blue, but I was like the Lionheart. It only drops from that one adventure. I think uh, we were doing adventures for the armor. Yep. And I was like, wow. And when you, I think. Yeah, and when you mentioned Titan, it is. It's crazy. If you look at Titan's map, there's all these areas 
you know, you go down to the title anchor for that one uh, adventure, one mission, Solarium, and all the stuff back there, and then all the way over um, behind Siren's Watch, there's like the sinking docks, and you typically only go back there for like a patrol. Um, and then you do go back there for some of the adventures and stuff and for some of the, the missions or strikes. It's like, man, there, there, there's so many areas. There's areas on the EDZ that go unused. There is uh, back where they put Niobe's lab, the Sojourner's camp, the reservoir, uh, Mavic Square, uh, the salt mines, oh, that whole area next to Sunken Isles with the ship, um, the tunnels, the dark forest, you know, Legion's anchor. There's all these areas that are just sitting like Man, you guys did not use every part of the lemon. It's like gee, many Christmas. You spend all that time. EDZ is enormous, and we spend most of our time in a, like this teeny little tight circle: Gulch Cove, Trossland Sludge. You know, it's like I, I that's that's got to be a, a zoomed out philosophy that they use. Is man, there's got to be replay value and and replay purpose given to more of the game. Um, cause I think ironically, that's one of the reasons you're able to say, it just feels like I'm playing a mini game because we get narrow everywhere we go. Just go here. Just go to this lost sector. Just go down here. Instead of going down and feeling like the whole world and all of its content offerings all have purpose and replayability. It gets really narrow. It's like, just do this. Just run in this circle. Um, I think maybe that's actually the issue. Now that I think about it, the issue is maybe not that to bring more like repeatable activities in that bring us to these areas. I think that they failed ultimately because it's supposed to be an open world game to make the open world game, open worlds interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember like after D- D1 shortly before D2, uh, there was this interview, like there was some leaks and people were thinking, oh, like Bungie is saying uh, the, the Destiny 2 is going to have like, like towns and stuff and the world is going to be more alive. I feel like maybe they should even like imagine even if there was like every planet had their world loot pool and chests could you know drop legendary items and you know in in those areas let's say there would be more of these chests so you'd actually have to go out of the way explore the world that would already you know make repurpose basically the whole not not really repurpose just use the the patrol areas they aren't really used there's no incentive of going out and exploring and uh, maybe instead of doing strikes or or adventures in them make it rewarding for the player to go out and and, and use the time to explore those and then yeah. they get reused I think that's what they wanted to do with adventures and I would even say now that's kind of part of the goal with the umbral engrams you can just go wherever you want and the relevant stuff is dropping um Unfortunately, what ends up happening is people are like, well, where can I get the most umbrals to drop? Or they don't even really pay any attention to it. The umbral dropping is completely disconnected from their experience because they're just a, you know, a public event, you know, hobbyist. They just kind of run around and play pubs all day. Um, I I do think that they could they could do something with what you're saying with the flashpoint and the adventures if week to week there was a reason for me to go spend time on a given planet doing adventures, doing the flashpoint and being rewarded. So as you're saying, the, the open world is more interesting. Um, I feel like every planet just has these giant dead unused areas. Even when I think about Nessus, there's so many areas, the lost fuselage, the cistern, the tangle. We just, 
we generally, you know, there's always winding areas and then the Glade of Echoes, and you can go down all the way into the command, you know, area, Well of the Flame, the, the anchor and the excavation site, and the inverted spire is literally just built for the strike. Like, why aren't we going over there for adventures or exploration or part of Flashpoint stuff? You know, it's it would it would make the open world feel more alive and more purposeful. Um, and I think they have something with the rhythmic sort of, Hey, this is the flashpoint. Hey, we have adventures and lost sectors tie it all together. So now I do have a reason to run lost sectors on that planet and adventures. I'm not just going into a lost sector to do, you know, bounties. Uh, and I'm not just running an adventure to check some stupid box on a peer, uh, in a piece of armor. Tie it all together. You do all this when it's the flashpoint. There's these items that can drop. There's these loot pursuits you can get. And, you know, if the Umbrals had like a high chance of drop rate, if you were going through and doing all those things, maybe you wanted to do that instead of the contact public event. Um, that would be another way of saying the planets are not just these big open dead spaces where everyone's either, you know, quickly just transmatting and fast traveling for a public event or living in a lost sector it's kind of just two extremes there's not a lot of in between uh, yeah. and i think and i think you're right i think the oh, it just it doesn't feel like an open world it doesn't feel like that at all right so like just last idea to bounce off to make it super simple as they already had in 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 year one when you started adventures you didn't take you out of the patrol zone you didn't have a loading screen you just did them so now that what they could do during the flashpoint, do you know divisions? Uh, what is it like loot maps or, or targeted loot? Yeah. Every mm-hmm. day it rotates. So for example, you would have a planetary set. You would have one or two weapons, and then when the when the planet is the flashpoint, the adventures basically every adventure has let's say one is dropping arms, the other one is dropping the auto rifle, the other the hand cannon, the other one legs, and then it rotates every day and make them replayable. And and so like you you already have that in the game basically, at least for the year one and year two planets. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in fall. Yeah, well, and to simplify it too, so they don't have to, you know, maybe they don't they don't want us create an entire armor set for every planet, you know, because that might get a little bit kind of crazy. You know, imagine if. That. We well we do, but if they how often would they have to do that? What every season, or do you think once a year? I think once a year would be fine. No, once yeah, you could do it uh, once a year. At some point, people will be done with the content. Like every time they add a new planet, they could add that. Right. I don't know. Like and maybe rotate it out from time. I wouldn't expect all the content to last forever. You know what I mean? I was thinking. Do you know how they're going to have the shared geometry between? the vanguard crucible uh, vanguard crucible and and, uh and drifter it'll be it'll be like sort of it'll be emblazoned with whatever they have what they could do is imagine if during season of dawn there were a handful of weapons that were considered wild drops and they would drop out in the wild and they could potentially do what you're saying this is where they are today they're on this planet you got to do these things and if they drop there they would be sort of inspired by the look of EDZ. You'd slap almost like an ornament skin over top of it. Do the same thing with the armor, you know? So you might say, man, I love the the, the new seasonal armor set this season. Um, if you guys have seen my Titan, right? My Titan, it looks like a big beefy tank. Well, what if I could get that whole armor set to drop out in the wild and maybe I have a version of it that I really, really want. Maybe when it when it drops on the EDZ, it's got like 
plants and leaves and kind of like camouflage and stuff coming off of it so now I've got a whole wild drop set that looks a little bit different a little bit more unique um, and that's something that I could chase and that would be like a per planet thing now I don't know that might get kind of crazy with the ornament system and it might get kind of convoluted in the database but I think that might be easier than saying, you know, every year each planet needs a whole new set and, uh, and guns and all this other stuff too. It could be like, no, all the seasonal armor will have a shared geometry across all the planets. And if you get the armor to drop on Europa, it'll have like icicles coming off of it, you know, cause that's where it came from. It's a wild drop. Um, and maybe make it purely ornamental because if you were really a stat farmer you wouldn't want to disrupt your stats just to look like oh I've got icicles coming off of me Um, maybe the wild drops of the armor would literally be an ornament so you'd be like oh cool I can make the seasonal content look like Nessus or you know Europa or whatever and the guns too you know they could since they're not going to be selling legendary ornaments this would just be another way to make the world feel like Oh, I got this from such and such a planet. Oh, your gun looks amazing. Where'd you get that? Oh, we, I got a wild drop on Europa, so now my gun's got like ice all over it as an ornament, you know. And then if you got the god roll later, you could apply the ornament to it. You wouldn't have to use, you know, just the one that dropped. Um, but that could tie in very well with what you're saying with the daily targeted farm. You could say, oh, I don't have the wild drop boots yet from Europa. I'm going to try and get that to drop today. You know, people are like, well, it's purely cosmetic. Are people really going to do that? Ah, you make it cool enough. Look at what people are doing for, you know, Solstice. I think people will go for, you know, pretty dope cosmetics. So. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, good talk. Coldheart right. looks like he's ready. So good thanks talk. for calling thanks. in lately. Yeah. All right, Coldheart. Let's see if you're, let's see if you're ready to go see if that mic's better now. Hello. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank goodness. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Um, my question is a little off, off topic, but um, I wanted to just talk about. Hmm. You're cursed, bro. You are cursed. You literally said, "I want to talk about," and then immediately you started lagging again. Uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, bro. I'm about to move on. Mike on the mic. If you are there, I'm coming to you, sir. So get ready. Mike on the mic. Are you there? Yes, sir. All right, let's go. What do you got? All right. So my favorite. So I started playing Destiny, like Alpha Beta, all that stuff, right? Then on strikes, raids, all of that. My favorite activities to do in Destiny 1 were Nightfalls. Literally. Like, I don't know what it was about it. You know, I come from like an RPG background and all that stuff. But it was just something about Destiny, you know? And yeah. Like, Nightfalls. I don't know, man. It just had like this secret sauce, you know, like Ballast the Ark and all that stuff. It was just, and then I got good enough to where I could do it on my own and all of that. And fast forward now, I mean, Besides the milestone, I, I really don't want to touch strikes. Mm-hmm. So I every, every day, you know, I sit with my friends and stuff like that, and I try to figure out like what's so different about strikes now versus strikes back then. And the only things that I 
can land on are loot and overall design of the strike. And of course, like modifiers and stuff like that. Um, so I say all that to ask, because I'm really trying to figure out, you know, for me, for my play style and all that, my taste, yeah. you know, what what's missing. So I just want to ask you your opinion on this. If you had to narrow it down to like maybe the top three things that strikes today are missing or are lacking, what would it be? I mean, I think there's if I I, I would put it into two categories so that it's easier to talk about. First, I would say there's a lack of fun and vibrance. So they haven't really done much with the modifiers. The, the only thing they've really done with the modifiers is they've removed the terrible ones like glass. Um, and now, you know, people tend to really don't like blackout, but it's not as bad as it used to be. So I don't think there's a fun or a fresh or a vibrance to them. You know, it'd be cool if, you know, week to week, we really had a lot of different modifiers. Like right now I click on it and it's, what is it? It's solar and blackout and grenadier i mean it's just there's nothing there that sounds crazy wow cool you know where is the small arms where's the specialist where's the daybreak where's you know where just they you know so add some fun you know <clears throat> that's category one add some fun this is why when they had the snowballs in the strikes i, I thought that, that was neat it was that new was yeah, that was fun, man. It yeah, really you could hit the enemies with a snowball, and like they took more damage or something. I think, um, right. and that's when I was like, "Ah, oh, man, that'd be cool if week to week there'd be Siva charges or swords or scorch cannons just lying around." Um, and I, I talked about that in my video, like bringing back the motivation to kill the enemies. You could tie that in with a modifier like that, like get X number of kills with the scorch cannon, and you're going to get a point multiplier, and then that helps your drop rate of the loot that you're chasing. And so that's the second thing I want to say: bring back the fun, but bring the loot. Like, where is the loot? Why am I even in here? Um, I'm just in here for the milestone, which means everybody thinks about, I, I want to be, be in here as as quickly as possible because I'm not getting a, an actual tangible reward. I'm literally getting a drop to help me level. And so no one, there's no romance anymore. So this is why I was like, do a weapon boon or just literally you could say in this season, in the strike playlist, the th- this gun can drop. And the drop rate goes up the more points you have, the longer you're in the playlist, maybe the more you upgrade Zavala. So by the time the season's over, you really want to grind out the strikes and be in there as long as possible. The reason I think you should only do like one or two weapons is I don't think strikes should be the central focus, but they should have some form of a loot focus and fun factor. Um, I almost think of it in like tiers, right? Like if Vanguard strikes have one or two drops that get updated for the season and so does Crucible. And then above that, you have... Nightfalls. I think Nightfalls need something more than currency. I think Nightfalls need like some type of a specific drop. Then above that, you have whatever the seasonal content is. There's going to be a seasonal loop and a seasonal set of guns and armor. And then above that, you have raid or dungeon. I think that works. I think each tier gets a little bit more dense and a little bit more full. And that way, if you do generally just kind of hang out in strikes... 
Uh, and even what we were just talking about with Light Leap, like if you're just doing public events, there could be wild drops out there that would be exciting. Like, oh man, I got a, a thus and so gun to drop from the season while I was just running a public event. Like, I think Umbrals are kind of supposed to be that in spirit. You're just you're you're playing any piece of the game and they're dropping. But I just I don't think we should be going back to the tower. I think it should drop and be the item at that moment, so it's more exciting instead of. It's almost like you're out collecting shells or tokens or something and you take them back to the tower to to try to get, you know, it's like getting tokens at the arcade, you know, and then you go and try and buy the cool items behind the glass. It just doesn't feel like there's, there's loot dropping out in the world. So those are the two things I would target in strikes is where's the fun, where's the vibrancy and the freshness, and where is the loot? I think you have to address both. If you only address one... Oh, we got loot in there. They'll still feel mundane and kind of boring. If you only address the fun factor, hey, they're more fun to play now. It's going to be like, yeah, but who cares? There's no loot in there. I think you have to do both. I agree. I agree with that. And you and Light Leap, um, you guys had some great ideas about loot and stuff like that. And the, the things you just outlined, like it, it hits it right on the head, it hits the nail right on the head. I guess what my second question or, or rather concern is mm-hmm. do we do we really I know we hope I know we hope so but do we really think that in year four they're going to do a significant update to strikes I know they were talking about Grandmaster and all that which every time I see the Grandmaster thing it, it just that just makes me angry like I, I just oh god yeah. Modifiers. They literally have a modifier that has like five or six modifiers. Yeah. Like that. Like that's that's ridiculous, man. Um, but do we do we honestly think that they're going to do a significant update to strikes in general? Because yeah. I, I think they have the bandwidth for it, possibly because I mean they're getting rid of like half of them, right? They're getting rid of like what, six, six seven, or seven strikes. Yeah. Right. So I, I think they have the space to do it, but are they going to do it? I guess, and of course we don't really know that, right? We we hope so. Well, but. we know that Luke Smith's commitment is to reinvigorate core activities in year four. So there will be an update of some sort, I would think, because that is a core activity. I think, True. I think you know, Crucible strikes and Gambit kind of the three pillars i mean you open the director and bam 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 the three colors right down there um i think when he says reinvigorate now i remember people thinking that like the umbrals were how they were reinvigorating the content like oh now you can get umbrals to drop and strike so seasonal content drops everywhere i'm like no 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 no. that's not a reinvigoration like i need strikes to have their own purpose same with crucible and gambit like so So I believe there will be an update. Will it be significant? Will it be a total overhaul? Will I get my wish? And will really old strikes get some semblance of a repurpose? Um, I hope so. You know, I really, really do. I hope so. Because it's like there's so many strikes in the game now that are super old. Um, And then the new strikes just get tossed in. So it's like, how often do you even get to run Crimson Keep? I'm I'm usually running... I I always feel like I'm in the same three, three or four strikes. I agree, I agree. And one thing that's missing for me right now in Destiny 2, well, Destiny as a whole, in Destiny 1, every Tuesday, because I the job, I, I used to work Frito-Lay. So I would come home maybe 10, 
11 o'clock in the morning, you know, right before reset. And as soon as reset would happen, I would boot up the proto raid. I'd get all the way to the death singers by myself, you know, for the clan. I'd save the checkpoint. I'm like, okay, good. Next thing, nightfall. I would go solo, whatever the nightfall is. You know, that was my ritual every single week. Didn't matter what the nightfall was or any of that. And I mean, <laughs> I don't have anything like that to do now. Like, I, I, I don't even look forward to Tuesdays anymore. Unless yeah. I know there's going to be like an exotic quest of some kind. You know, other than that, I don't, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. I do I, I do wonder if there is some layer of fatigue. I mean, I just think sometimes we just get kind of, we just get kind of bored, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I do know anytime loot is a factor, that's enough to kind of, jumpstart the engine again you know when when the when the warden of nothing nightfall was dropping double exotics when you know all of a sudden oh, people yeah. were like oh man so many umbrals are dropping in nightmare hunts or when menagerie was bugged i, I do i feel like there's something there they, they i don't feel like they really tap into how strong loot loot is as a motivator i feel like year three unfortunately has been one extreme or the other you know dawn was crazy generous and we're we're standing in the tower just farming for god rolls at the end of the season that that was too absurd and then season of the worthy was like the opposite it felt more barren it felt harder to get the things you wanted the guns weren't even that interesting because you know tyrant surge was more effective for war mind cell so i i think that's where i'm hoping year four since they won't feel the pressure to be super extreme like they were in Season of Dawn like oh well the content's only here for three months so we have to be really crazy generous they could maybe find a nice middle ground so you know when you're in the second or third month of a season I would hope there would still be something for you to check in and do ritualistically because you haven't quite gotten whatever yet whatever the gun is whatever the item is that's why I think if the loot is out in the world and you do daily targeted items like Light Leap talked about, or you do like what I've talked about with boons, where you buy the boon and then just run the activity hoping that it drops, get us out in the world, I think it would bring some of the romance back. I think the game is so mechanical now that, you know, no new modifiers, no fun, and strikes, is just that lack of vibrancy, but then how do you get loot? It's so mechanical. You go and you play, 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 and then I'm standing at a slot machine, basically, with a bunch of umbral focusing. So the romance is gone. The dance is gone. And I think they got to bring it back. Like, their intentions are so good. It's like, here's intentionality and generosity for targeted farming, but I'm doing it in the dadgum tower. Right. You know, I think that's what it is for me. I think that's what's giving me the fatigue that I have right now, mainly. It's that mechanical machine thing you know like it's you do this you do that you do this you do that you're done for the week next character this that this that done like there's no you know like the character on the stick thing that you always talk about i don't i don't see it i don't see it at all um one last question too and it's you know it's in the same vein as what we're talking about right now do you think something as simple as you know, making bosses actually like an engram just pop out of the boss when you kill it. Do you think something as simple as that could help 
or is it something that needs to be, you know, a bit more nuanced? Because, you know, I for one, if if I'm fighting a big, you know, servitor or something like that, or a big fallen priest or something like that, and something an exotic pops out of him, you know, I, I'm gonna get excited even now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So, do you think that that's? Do you think something like that would help, or is it something that they really need to like? you know, massage a little bit and and finesse it a little bit, you know, give it a bit more flair. Yeah, I think there's like layers to to immerse it, like how to make something immersive. So when you when you when you kill something and you see that thing pop out and bing, it hits the ground, that is part of the experience. And we've disconnected that part of the experience from the game even when an umbral pops out you're kind of like you li- it's like you're just picking up a material you just go grab it and like oh well, we'll mess with this for later the only exciting drops right now are exotics you hear them they, you it pops out it's glowing it sees this thing and you run over it and you know you immediately get to check it and see if it's dope and this is where Anthem got this wrong. You would get all the items, and you'd have to go back to check them at the at their at their their social hub. It was so stupid. Now I understand why they did it. There were so many items dropping. You didn't want people min maxing in the middle of content, like everybody's standing there in their menus. But I do think something happens to us psychologically as a player when there is, you know something pops out there's a loot explosion there's a loot pinata and when i watched the very first episode of the jeff goldblum episode uh on disney it was about sneakers and i'm not a sneaker guy you know i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a tennis shoes guy i don't get real big on them and th- that whole industry right. is 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 insane to me you know but he goes yes. and he does he, he does all these interviews and he talked about dopamine and he talked about how uh, our dopamine levels are at their highest right before we get the item. So right before he opens the box of the new shoes, like his dopamine's at the highest point because the box is, it's got the artwork and it's its all polished and it looks really nice and you're opening it and you pull the tissue paper back, right? And for me in Destiny, the Ingram dropping on the ground and I'm running over to it and bing, it pops up and I go into the menu. That's like the highest point all of that's been removed now and it's just like bam 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 I got three sniper rifles let me check them all oh some of them are at the postmaster it's just like like I said I'm ordering value meals give me yeah give me a number four give me another one give me another one and then I check the rolls and it's like when it's like when I re-rolled my dry rot in the tower in D1 there was nothing exciting about it but I remember when I got my Imago loop you know I remember that moment I got an Imago loop it had what I wanted it was the 53rd one uh, well, not 53rd one. It was the 53rd skeleton key. So they've, it, it seems so simple. It's like, oh, you really think that'll make a big difference? Yeah, I do. I think if God roll weapons and items were popping out of bosses and in the game world, I think a lot of people's dopamine would be getting hitting harder. And I think that triggers your brain to say, I'm going to come back and try again tomorrow. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm bummed I can't play it right now because there's something so satisfying about I kill a bunch of monsters and I see all these little icons on the ground and I run over and I grab all my stuff. I'm like, yeah, I gotta That's get all this stuff. Game. It really is. Like, I played it on PS4 when it first came out. I love that game. 
Yeah, I do too. I hope they can get a patch out because I mean, I just I can't consistently run it. It uh, it has all it just has problems. It's very it's a huge bummer. But even in that game, that did something to me. I was like, do I want to go back in tomorrow? I want to kill more mods, kill more of these robots, and get more get more stuff because it there's just something about it. It does something to your brain. Now, if in Horizon Zero Dawn, I went out and I killed a bunch of monsters. And it just kept track for me. And then I would go back to some NPC that was like, hey, congratulations, you killed 15 of those, tr- you know, those monsters. Here's your reward. It, it would break it would break it down for me. It would be like, why? Well, that's not as exciting as going up and picking up, a, you know, all the stuff that I just, I, I earned and got. So. Yeah. Have you ever watched American Ninja Warrior? Have you ever watched it? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. <laughs> okay. So Bungie... Not necessarily Bungie, but Destiny is like that, right? You see this guy or the chick, and they make it through the entire thing. You know, that last part where they have to, like, run up and grab the top of the rock, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Destiny too. Like, they keep getting to that point, right? And, they, and they're running, and you, and you think they're going to get it. You think they're going to make it. And they run up, and they just, ah, and they just, they just keep whipping down. Yeah. That's that's what I keep feeling. That's what I keep seeing here. Like that, per, they they've got so much potential. Yeah, you know? they're they're it's, getting it's they're getting better at all the pieces. Like th- maybe maybe they're better at the one climb than they were last time, but they keep getting yeah. to the button and slipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that one guy. He keeps coming in. And you've seen him like two or three times now. You know, and he he just never can get it. Yeah, I, that's how I feel. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, man. That's all I've got for you. All right, dude. Good talking with you. Thank you. All right, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you, Rexus. What do you have for me today, sir? Well, good uh, evening or good uh, afternoon, probably mm-hmm. in your case. Uh, yeah. The, I, I've touched on this a while ago in a talk, and I want to pick up on it again. Not just that strikes needed an overhaul regarding with uh, reg- uh, sorry, regarding the loot. Strikes need a overhaul in general. They need more oomph. We need we need to be able to have different pain points in general in strikes than we have now. Otherwise, we will still run into the same problem with the uh, with the nightfalls. If there's only tougher enemies, and you are and you die quicker, that's not really interesting. It's match made anyway, so... As I said before, maybe they really should start designing a strike like a raid, not in the same Mm -hmm. hemisphere of complexity, but in the same general way. You first make the nightfall with a lot of different and kind of difficult... um, uh, encounters and uh... ah, forgot the word. Uh, but yeah, it, with a uh, with that approach, more complex, more complicated, more difficult, and then scale it down, um, reduce the amount of the mechanics, uh, reduce the complexity, re- uh, increase the time you have, stuff like that. We need more in that hemisphere, I'd say then it would also be a lot more fun again because currently I feel like I'm just running through it either in normal mode and pummeling everything or in a nightfall and getting pummeled. Yeah, I, I guess my worry would be that 
strikes are supposed to be sort of, as I've called it before, like meat and potatoes content. Like it's supposed to be pretty basic. Um, I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Cause I do like the idea of them taking four, you know, five or six strikes, reworking them, kind of giving them an update. And then that's your strike playlist for the season. And then the next season it's five or six different strikes, keeps things fresh, keeps the pool of strikes a little bit smaller, um, so you're you're obviously kind of sick of them after three months, but that's okay because here's five or six more, and they've had the opportunity to update them and change some things. So I don't I don't disagree that it would be good to add maybe some more mechanics or things in them, as I said with like scorch cannons or siva charges. I would say your best option here is to make a lot of that stuff optional. So it's optional to grab the SIVA charges or grab the Scorch Cannons and get kills or use them on the boss or whatever. And then there's an incentive and a motivation to do it and you get a reward. Like we talked earlier about making it to where if I kill everything, I get points. If I kill everything really, you know, efficiently, I get more points and that affects my drop rate. But if you're just a casual Carl on a Friday night, that's fine. You can ignore all that crap and just play the strike. So I would say make it optional, but the depth could be there so that strikes don't feel so just yet run, literally run past the enemies and go bake the boss, get your powerful and leave. Um, I've tried to attack this at every level. At one level, I'm like, give me a reason to stay in the playlist. At another level, give me a reason to kill all the enemies. At another level, give me a reason to go in there. I need a loot motivator. I feel like you got to check all these boxes or strikes just have kind of become literally an exchange of time. You know, I give you 20 to 30 minutes of my time and then boom, I'm done. 30 minutes, ran three strikes, I'm out. I got my powerful, I'm done. I got my pinnacle, I'm done. And I think what you're saying could be woven into some of the things that I've outlined, but you just have to really be careful. Strikes can't suddenly become too complex because even the menagerie, if you got in the menagerie with people that didn't quite understand some of the mechanics, it could be very frustrating. Just the ball throwing and the corrupted strike. People don't get the idea of throwing it to each other and boosting. And then the boss room is really annoying because people try to damage the boss right away instead of killing the ads first. And it's just like, if you add too many layers here that are kind of required, it can make the content too painful, and then people would ultimately not want to do it. That's that's why I say scale it down afterwards. Like mm-hmm. in the corrupted strike, you uh, like you should throw them to each other, but in the normal version, it it doesn't matter that much if you really if you actually really throw them to one another or if you just grab them and throw them against the boss and grab them and throw against until the shield breaks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As there is currently, for, for example, there's currently no um, recharge for the shield. Right. Uh, that, like if, if, you, if you don't hit the shield down in one hit, it doesn't really matter. I mean, yes and no. It's a little annoying to have to grab it and throw it that many times. I think it's a little bit more fun to hit the whole group, especially when it's like the three of them and you hit and then like all three of them lose their shields. I think there's some satisfaction that comes there. But again, if it's optional and I do the optional thing and I get more points, which affects my drop rate, you know, which affects my loot pursuit, that's when I think people will say, I am... I'm, I'm going to do the optional stuff. Or again, the guy that's just going to prop his feet, sip a beer, and just kind of like not even think about anything, he's fine. He can still just play the, you know, the strike playlist. So I think, I think what you're saying would work really well. Take some of these strikes, rework them, repackage them, add those optional layers of, of challenge 
and points and loot, and then I think they'd be in a much better position as a as a piece of content. Yeah, totally agree there. Yeah, also uh, losing my. Where am I? Ah. What's that? I totally lost my. Th- I totally lost my thread. <laughs> oh, I thought your mic was acting up. I was like, oh no, what's happening? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's my brain acting up. It's my brain. <laughs> Okay, well that's fine. We're close to an hour, so I'll, I'll just go to Wolverine. Right. Thanks for calling in, dude. I appreciate you. All right, Wolverine, you get to be you'll be our last caller today. What do you What do you got, man? What's up, Lono? How's everyone in uh, Discord and YouTube doing? I hope they're doing well. Uh, other than just my uh, constant need to speak on the topics related to PvP, there is something else that I kind of feel a little bit passionate about, and pretty much the other reason why i play this game is you know narrative based i i enjoy the story Uh, you know we've been playing this this story for you know going on seven years now and uh i've i've enjoyed it it's it's one of the the few story based games where we can actually take it and our space opera so to speak Mm -hmm. um how people can view star wars you know there's no dantooine or coruscant in in our realm like those are fictional like there's anessis there's titan there Mm. are these planets that actually exist within our real life world so actually adapting that into our mind you know figuratively of course it's it's a it's an awesome way to view it so i wanted to direct that and segue into do you feel that along with the changes and everything else going into uh, Beyond Light and the things that are staying from the previous, the Cosmodrome, or not the Cosmodrome, the EDZ and Nessus and those strikes that are remaining? I play those strikes now and, and I don't mind playing Exodus Crash and uh, the Brockasan uh, arms dealer quest, but my biggest gripe about them is that we're still listening to the k uh voiceovers Mm, and mm -hmm. i understand why like i get it it's it's part of the game but i'll be really disappointed if we go into beyond light and those types of little nit bits of things are still within the realm personally what i kind of hope for and it may be a very big long shot but ultimately i'd like to see almost a rework of these areas not texturally I'm talking about little things, whether we're picking up new uh, patrols and we're getting a different voice line from Failsafe or we're getting yep. something a little different from Devrim. You know, those little things to make the game still feel new. Um, I uh, just wanted to hear if you had any input on that and, and if you kind of feel the same way, if you ever go through those strikes and, and it might be something subconsciously you say like, all right, this guy's dead, like, what? you know, we're still listening to him. I love Nathan Fillion's voice, by the way. I I, I think he was awesome as Kate. I think the humor's great. Um, I think the guy who plays the ghost who stepped in during Forsaken, he did a fine job, but it's just, you know, Nathan Fillion had his own touch on it. So what do you think? Yeah, the single evolving world principle could touch down here and you could say, you know, these strikes are not evolving with what's happening. They're not being informed by the narrative or the changing world. And I know that some people would say, oh, but I like hearing the classic audio. I mean, I I think a very simple solution here would be to do essentially what you're saying, rework them, change the audio, 
make them acknowledge things that have happened and change them so like if i'm running a strike on nessus or the edz it's tied to what's happening on europa or the strangers calling in and saying something to me about hey make sure this time to do you know and maybe the boss fight's a little bit different or something and then if i want to run the classic you could give me that option like i could go to exodus crash and pick between you know classic or the year four version now i know that might get a little bit you know dense in the game to have all those audio files coexisting um so maybe we could just give you your wish and who cares about the classic versions be like no the game's moving forward i mean come on we deleted four planets from the game we can change the audio and the existing strikes to line up with where we are now and the boss fights could be a little bit different all of a sudden this boss the, you know, the the fallen of our harnessing you know stasis and they brought it to the EDZ and then the boss is different you know um, I think that you again you could apply the single evolving world axiom there because I think what's going to happen is that they don't do this a lot of this stuff's going to feel weird like this weird stay over from yeah. year almost like from year one like why are we even doing this anymore why is this here there'll be no incentive to go to those planets other than Europa and maybe mm-hmm. the Cosmodrome people will spend all their time obviously people are going to spend all their time on Europa anyways it's brand new but if we have something new to do on Nessus if there's a new reason maybe you know I don't know if, if many people know the type of planet Nessus is but it, in actuality Nessus's orbit is always ever changing it grabs on orbits from different planets that are circulating the sun what happens if that narratively changed the story of nessus failsafe has to i don't know uh have the guardians help to prevent i don't know the the planets uh from maybe running into something that's just out you know floating around the solar system i don't know what have you but like at least if we're going to this destination and there's not necessarily it looks different but we're hearing different things we're mm-hmm. doing different mm-hmm. things we're we're objectively doing the same things but in a different aspect i would be even be okay with that because obviously they're not going to be able to change the whole structure of that planet i just um yeah like someone just said the leviathan sucking it up i think that's awesome like the like are they gonna just we're gonna pretend like the leviathan never existed is it just gonna snap and you know thanos and no one's gonna talk about it anymore or is it gonna have like a brief clip it of it leaving nessus's orbit if it's just pulling out like if it's Mm -hmm. something of that nature and and i i've always and, and real quickly i've always enjoyed your your take on the dreadnought i thought that was the coolest part of d1 coming coming back to it after um the dark below and and skipping Mm -hmm. that and all that and going to that going to that first mission you know crashing the ship and i i enjoyed i enjoyed that a lot and i and i like your theory of us returning to it and and i think it's it was even you said that even before the announcement about the witch queen and i Mm -hmm. think it's it gives it even more weight that yep. there's a possibility that we'll have to use that technology on that thing to, to wipe out Sabathun if possible. Yeah, or or um, or the pyramid ships. Like we, the the only way yeah. we're gonna wipe out a fleet of ships is with a, a fleet killer, and the dreadnought can be a fleet killer. I mean, it it wiped out the queen's fleet. So mm-hmm. that that would be that would be dope. And I mean, I, yeah, with the Leviathan leaving, that could be a reason to change Nessus. And Kalos could just be like, I'm getting out of here. You guys don't want to help me. This is getting bad. They're stealing planets now. These pyramid ships are evil. And he could just be like, I'm bouncing. Like, because he stared into the abyss and he he kind of knows what's coming. Um, 
and he could decide that he wants to leave. Uh, and... Do you think we'll see him again, Callus? I mean, maybe it, it, you could definitely um, we could, you you could definitely say, you know, hey, the the Callus storyline is done. He just left. He's not interested. Or since they're vaulting the Leviathan, you could certainly unvault the Leviathan in a couple of years and have it be completely different. New rewards, new encounters, because the ship's so big. Callus could come back and be like, I have new things for you to do. Menagerie would be completely reworked and all of it again. And because they bring, they, they could do this as like camp, like uh, companion uh, locations. So like Europa's new and then Cosmodrome. And, you know, there'll be a brand new location for Witch Queen. And then I also think Dreadnought will come back. Um, and then for. When, when Luke Smith says that, you know, Lightfall is going to be like, it's leading to this moment. My theory is we learn stasis from Eris, and then every subsequent expansion, we learn another dark power. So that when Lightfall shows up, we learn our third dark power. Well, suddenly, Callus could show up and be very interested in the fact that we have, you know, both dark and light. And yeah. maybe we have to make a choice, dark or light. And then maybe he's a part of that dialogue and like, hey, I'm back. I want to see what you're made of now. That so, you're... do you think he he would most likely return during the Savathun campaign? No, I, if Callus returns, it probably wouldn't be until Beyond Light. I would I would think. Um, and hear 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 me out and just see if you can. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I meant I meant Lightfall. Yeah, the very last one. I um, and 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 entertain this if you if you don't mind. I think there's a possibility. And it goes along with your dreadnought line of thinking. It's you know it's related to to the narrative driven at that point. But how I kind of could connect the possibility of Callus returning during the Savathun campaign, the fact that we gave him back the crown of sorrow, which was created by Savathun. Uh, do I think he is going to put it on? I don't know. I don't think so. Do I think it, it's going to return in some essence? We just gave him back something really powerful after mm. doing crown of sorrow and the fact that it, they go through the the whole narrative letting us know and, uh that savathun created that it's just it's more than coincidental in my opinion uh do i think there's you know do i have the big spider board out and i'm looking like charlie day <laughs> in that <laughs> one meme no yeah. but but i think there is more uh connectivity and and uh lastly uh my friends always say this and i I always roll to the back of my head when we're doing the weekly quest for uh, means to an end. My friends are like, yeah, we're going to go see Savathun. My friends are obsessed with the fact they think that Savathun is heiress now. And I think that she might be is being influenced in a way later on that, like, maybe we have to, like, awaken heiress and be like, yo, get off this grasp of Savathun. We got to wake her up because she's puppeteering her maybe. But I don't know if you've caught that vibe that Savathun is is either in complete control of Eris or in somewhat control of Eris. I don't think so because of the, the some of the dialogue in the one strike where Eris says we won't know Savathun's next move until she makes it and only if we are wise enough to detect it. And so I don't know if that I don't know. I feel like that means they they could be connected in a way, but not in a controlling puppeteer way. More that maybe Eris is in is just in tune with the fact that like Savathun, because when she says that we're fighting Taken, so it's almost like they're the Taken are now doing stuff for Savathun, and I, 
people theorize that like Eris Morn's not Eris Morn in Shadowkeep. Like she goes down and whatever happened to her, she's dead. And the pyramid people, since they can mirror our image, they also mirrored her. And I started theorizing that maybe that's why all of the nightmares of Eris's fire team were confronting her because they're like, this is an Eris. Like, and then she's like, you're all insufferable. Um, you know, maybe it's not Eris. Maybe it is Savathun, or maybe it is the pyramid ship people, and Eris is dead. Um, and they're just using her and her body to get us to do stuff. The only reason I right, the only reason I don't think they're going to do that is because when I look at the marketing for Beyond Light and I see Eris and the Drifter and the Stranger, I'm like, it'd be a a really really weird after all this time of Shadow Keep and Dark Below and Taken King and now to be like, surprise, Eris is a bad guy. I don't know if that that would feel like you really, man, you really heard all of the argument. build up, you know? That'd yes, be a bad that build up. That was my argument as well. Absolutely. I was just like, we, we've saved her. We've, we've helped her. We've done so much. You know, it's just, I can't see us just turning against her. But I, I will say the fact in the, in the trailer where she's meeting the stranger and, and, the, and, uh, Dredgen over on, uh, Europa, I, I find it a little, you know, neck hair raising that she's just manipulating that darkness free will. I I think that could go to her head, whether that's through the the shadows of the pyramid having this influence, Sabathun. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like we're going to have to help her one more time, put down whatever she's she's had this proverbial chip. And we understand why she's you know watched her fire team dies, got acolyte eyes in her head so we get it like she has a story and it's it's hers story is probably one of the best in terms of uh, the npcs that we deal with but um i definitely feel that we're going to have to redeem her one last time because either the the darkness is going to consume her to the point where she can't control it anymore or the fact that it's it's hurting her whatever the case may be i just i find it the, the, we saw at the end where she put her hand on the altar and, and her orb turned turned stasis. Now that we know that that what that was, now we can we can call it something. It turned to stasis. I don't know if her curiosity is going to be the downfall of her. Yeah, well, and some of her, if you listen to her and the Drifter talk at the end of uh, the Prophecy Dungeon, they both make some very interesting statements. I mean, the Drifter's like light, dark, it don't matter. Like he's almost like it doesn't matter. These are just these are paths. These are choices here. These are powers one is not better than another is kind of the impression I get from him, which that kind of gives credence to the idea that she'll teach us stasis. And I think he's going to teach us something else. Um, and then the stranger could teach us something like each of them could be the source of a, look, you think you're on this path of the light and the traveler, but like there's another path and you know, yeah. I mean, I think they show her using stasis literally in the one trailer and she's like, still feeling the power whenever the drifter walks up and she's just kind of like look at him like what are you doing here you know and then she stops she stops using it so i get a han solo vibe from the drifter i feel like he's gonna screw us over at the end and then he's gonna come back with the falcon and blow us out of there (laughs) well the only reason i don't think they're gonna do anything like that with drifter or eris is the, the more i think about it bungie as 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 the as they like to write narrative they like threats to come from outside. Like, here comes Atheon, here comes Crota, here comes Oryx, here comes, you know, Callus, here comes, uh, you know, Savathun. Sure. It would be really narratively 
unique for their pattern of writing to suddenly be like, oh, the threat is coming from within. The traveler's been evil, or the stranger's bad, or you know, Eris betrayed yeah. us. I, I feel like they've, they've, um, and maybe they're gonna press on that line. You know, the line between light and dark is so very thin. You know, which side are you on? And then Osiris kind of says that to Rasputin. There yeah. could be this moment of we are going to have to choose a side. And Eris isn't necessarily bad, but she chooses a side. And she's like, you're on the wrong side. You got to come to this side. And because of this unison between these quote unquote dark individuals, I, I really feel that we can give a little bit of room to speculate on the types of things that I'm bringing up. I know it m- might sound a little far-fetched, but at the same time, can it be if we're, we're meeting people on a dark, so to speak, planet with ominous, ominous music, ominous tones, and, and, and we're being hit with lines, like you just said, tote the line between light and dark, mm-hmm. pick a side. Like, I just like, I feel that it's it's we're we're leaving room for the imagination to curate whether it's someone that's been close to us from the beginning that we need to help or if it's someone else uh like you're saying that's being introduced and and i definitely think we're going to be introduced in the same fashion that you want but i i wouldn't put it past if we gotta redeem someone i'm just so tantalized by the fact that eris has welcomed in this darkness so much and, and and I don't think it's beyond her, but it's just it's she's welcomed it to the point where she's just walking around, just <laughs> popping it out like you know, like Johnny Storm, flame on, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, but thank you, thank you very much. I I, I think you're gonna try and get one more person in, but uh, I appreciate it. I I enjoy these talks as much as the PVP conversations that I'm able to uh, add in. And, yeah. Uh, can't wait, can't wait for more. Yeah, man. Thanks for calling in. I'm gonna try and come to you, Coldheart. We're gonna give you one more shot here, brother. See if we can't figure this out. What do you got for me? Hello, uh, am I coming in good right now? Yeah, go quick. <laughs> Finally, okay. Um, topic, uh, I see a lot of people in the community talking, but I don't really see Bungie talking about this. I want to know what's the deal with this vault space. Um, mm. We're going into another year, uh, three more years of Destiny with uh, Witch Queen and Lightfall after Beyond Light. And there's been no talks of vault space increase now I'm, I'm a guy with three characters i i don't want to say i'm a hoarder but I'm, I'm starting to become a hoarder because i'm i keep guns that have marginal differences like maybe one gun has snapshot one has quick job for example so i'll keep guns like that but i'm bursting at the seams right now and it's getting to be a chore where every day at the end of my session i have to go to my vault and delete a bunch of stuff and it's it's getting really annoying but with Beyond Light, people are speculating, okay, this is the D3 that we were, you know, supposed to get if we were Activision. With all the stuff that we're losing, no doubt we're going to get tons and tons of guns. Tons and tons of armor. That's going to be cool and, you know, amazing. With the vault space problem right now, I'm shocked that they're not saying anything. Now, I know they talked about with the collections, and I know you brought up something in the past that I really hope to do with the uh, collections where we can just lock up a particular role yeah. on a gun that would solve a lot for me but if they don't do that going into beyond light i mean could we get another 500 slots or maybe even every expansion give us an additional 100 vault space if they're not yeah. going to solve this problem like i'm i'm just it's killing yeah. me 
No, I, I think it's I think it's a fair point because basically, since you're not resetting the game and, and putting us into Destiny Three, you you're going to have a bloat problem, and I think they're going to have to come up with a unique solution here. Whether it, I would, I think that the easiest sort of prediction, or when everyone's like, "Well, uh, what what could we use?" I think a lot of folks point to collections. Like, you've got to utilize collections. Um, you know, and saying, you know, stop hoarding, problem solved. I, I, I don't think that's the answer. I, I don't think Bungie should ever look at a problem and tell players to play differently. That's never the answer, you know. How dare you keep your cherished cherished guns from three years of playing? Like, that's that's not an answer. An answer to a technical problem is not play differently, you know. Um, if I was playing a game like Horizon Zero Dawn because it's a bad port right now, and the game kept crashing because I was picking up too many resources. You can't be like, well, problem solved, Lono, just don't pick up the resources. Like, no, that's how I want to play. Like, if I want to save this stuff, it's, that's my prerogative. Um, and within reason, like, I don't think Coldheart saying, I want to save 18 different Kindled Orchids and 25 different this, and, you know, I got 28 different roles here. I don't think he's being absurd by saying, man, I'd like to keep a lot of this stuff, especially in light of sunsetting, especially in light of content being retired, planets being retired, strikes being retired, like, like, you know, I want to save this stuff, the Season of Dawn weapons, you know, the, 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 the Black Armory weapons. I think these are reasonable things to request there be a, a technical solution for. And I, I just continue to say, let us lock a role in the collections. Problem solved. I can delete my Kindled Orchid with confidence, my Blast Furnace, my whatever, knowing I can pull this out later if I feel like it. I might not, I might not, but that knowing it's there and safe is a is a good feeling I, I happen to think lots of folks are just going to pull the ripcord i tend to always do this close to content i'm just like delete 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 haven't used it haven't used it haven't used it but i i, I don't think that's a fair expectation every time content comes out or every time a new year comes out to be like well just start deleting everything like that's i don't think that is the uh that's not a solution that's sort of like a band-aid or or i don't know if that's the right term but um Valid yeah. concern in question. I think they need to lean on collections. Yeah, and two, it's like not, like you said. I'm not even holding 16 Kindle Orchids. It's like I said, it's marginal differences, and I may keep like one extra gun. Like when they change dynamic sway, and it's obviously uh, it's it's gotten a lot better now. It's like oh sweet, I saved my dynamic sway roll. I right. grabbed it out of the vault. Like there's always going to be meta changes, meta shifts, and that's just with weapons. Like I have a bunch of armor. Like I still have my. I mean, year one armor, that's just what I walked into D2 with. I mean, that's just nostalgia for me. Yeah, it's going to be a sunsetted, but it's like, I mean, comic books. I love comic books. I'm not going to read my comic books every day. It's just mm-hmm. I put them in my little sleeve. I put them in, the, in my box, put it under my bed. And then whenever I want to, you know, look at it later, I got my collection of comic books. I mean, that's that's just me. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, uh, I think they're going to have to have something. And I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at collections and saying, come up with a solution at that level. And uh, I, I, transmog is another topic that touches this, and so they gotta lean on collections because it is gonna become um, pretty bloated and pretty dense if not. And because we gotta get through Beyond Light, and then we gotta get through Witch Queen, and then we gotta get the Lightfall. That's a lot of loot, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, they're gonna have to have a solution for that. And I believe the collections is probably. Um, where they're going to turn so yes and I, I have one more question this will be like super super fast mm-hmm. um, we've been talking a lot about you know Volta Glass coming back in year four sometime and everybody's worked up about being it it being on Venus 
yep. Venus, Venus. Now I'm a D1 guy. I love it. Nostalgia is, oh my gosh, I love it. But this in one particular aspect, I don't really care if it's on Venus. I mean, it opens up in Venus and that opening spot is very, you know, part of the raid. But the thing that comes to my mind is when I first entered Shadowkeep, and I didn't do any research or any look, any leaks or spoilers. When I first entered the Warden of Nothing strike, and we were underneath the, you know, Prison of Elders, I was like, oh, sweet, this is pretty cool with the trains. But once we went up that elevator and we got into the final room of, like, Prison of Elders with the Fallen, I was like, oh, my goodness, we're actually here. Like, yeah. that, that blew my mind way more than me actually going back to the Prison of Elders, like how we did in D1. So with... I mean, with Destiny 2, if we have Vault of Glass coming back, instead of being on Venus in the beginning, opening the door that way, I mean, you never necessarily don't even have to do that. We can go into, like, there's a portal on the moon. We did the Whisper mission, and if you look in that one portal in the Whisper mission, you see the Vault of Glass. Like, even with Europa, if there's a portal on Europa, make an opening in Europa that gets us into the Vault of Glass, and we go in a different way, something like that. Like, I don't want Vault of Glass to be a carbon copy of D1. If if they can make Vault of Glass kind of like how Warden of Nothing rejuvenated um, Prison of Elders in that way, oh, I would love that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that, I think that's a fair point. Like if you take me through, you know, a rabbit trail, like when we t- rounded that corner in Shadowkeep, and suddenly there was a pyramid shift. You know, if we were going through these different things, and suddenly we're in the Vault of Glass, that'd be cool. Um, I'm I'm good either way. I just feel like. If you're going to remove the Leviathan in four planets and you, we only get Europa and Cosmodrome, I kind of feel like there would be room for Venus. I'm good if it doesn't come back. I'm not going to be upset if it, if it doesn't come back. But I, I like Venus. I think it was one of the cooler planets in D1. I think it had a lot of the a lot of good combination, you know, the old cities, but then the, all the overgrowth. And, and I, I like that it had an ancient dead feel. Um, so... I'm good either way. I think what you're saying is spot on, though. They could do something where it's more of a, oh my gosh, we're in the vaults of glass, but we got there through another road, you know? Yeah. Well, that's all I had, Lono. Thank you. I really appreciate you. I mean, let me get back on after my stupid phone was messing up, but uh, hope to talk to you again later, man. Have a good day. All right, man. Thank you. And we appreciate everybody else who called in. And if you're listening to this, these VIP call-ins are something you can do as well. If you go to saynotorage.com, that'll bring you to the YouTube channel. You can click the join button, pick VIP. If you prefer Patreon, sntrpresents.com. Pick VIP, get in the Discord. That's a great way to sync those two things up. And uh, as always, if you watch or listen in all the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.